150 billion for Ukraine. What will be enough? Nothing. Zelensky wants more money and he wants the American blood and treasure to be spilled and lost in Ukraine. Truly disgusting. And I just feel bad for the people of Ukraine that are really going to suffer the most from this. And that's perhaps the biggest lie of this whole thing that somehow supporting Zelensky and fighting a war against Russia is going to help the people of Ukraine. Uh, no, ladies and gentlemen, the country is going to be completely devastated and destroyed in many places. And, and probably half a million will die when this thing is said and done years from now. Rallying patriots worldwide in defense of human liberty. It's Alex Jones. Tomorrow's news today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the air raid sirens are going off. Not the fake air raid sirens like they did as war propaganda when Joe Biden was in Ukraine, but actual raid sirens because Russia is now under attack, under drone attack at an oil plant. And so who's the leading candidate? Well, we know it was the West that blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And so if there's any circumstantial evidence there, it points to the West amplifying the war. But I want to just play two clips to kind of set the tone for what is going to be an epic and busy news transmission today. And we'll start with this Zelensky clip that's going viral. And while... Claims are being made that it's taken out of context. I'll tell you the full context, but, but no, this is what Zelensky said. Either fund Ukraine and, and give Ukraine weapons and go to war with Russia, or Americans are going to have to fight and die, is what Zelensky is saying here in clip five. The U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war. And they will have to fight because it's uh, NATO that we're talking about. And they will be dying, God forbid, because it's a horrible thing. Now, I'll admit I'm probably on the far end of being a contrarian where you tell me to do something, I'm most likely not going to do it. Or you tell me not to do something, you know, I'm going to do it. As, as, with as much knowledge as you have regarding the situation to not make a dumb decision. So how do we respond to Zelensky saying American blood, American treasure needs to be spilled in defense of Ukraine? I'll tell you, at this point, honestly, my politics aside... Whatever politics or, or, or worldviews I have, if I'm looking at this neutrally and I've got this little punk in a sweatshirt made by a Balenciaga creative designer telling me that American blood and treasure needs to be spilled in defense of Ukraine, uh, how about no, buddy? How about no? How about now I kind of want you to fail? Now, the people of Ukraine don't deserve that. The good people of Ukraine want nothing to do with this war. 
and the ones that do will go and fight Russians, and they will fight, and many have died. And many innocent Ukrainians have died because of this war. Many because of Zelensky's attacks and the different proxy groups that are just out of control in the region. But after we've done so much for Ukraine, that little punk in a Balenciaga sweatshirt that they use to raise money is going to tell me American blood and treasure is, is, is going to be needed for Ukraine? I'd say get stepping, buddy. Good luck. Good luck. Oh, because I'm sure that Ukraine will defend us if we got attacked by China. I'm sure that Ukraine will give us all the money back that we've given them too, right? Of course not. It's a one-way street, isn't it? And I'm sick and tired of being on it. But then you have, and I've gone long here in this opening segment, and, and this is going to be the main thrust today, I'm assuming, with a guest coming on covering this. Now they're saying, okay, it came out of a Chinese lab. It came out of the Wuhan lab. Why are they telling us this now? Why are they telling this to us three years after InfoWars broke the story. And it's not even, I mean, we've already done the, the, we don't need to sit here and do victory laps. We know we're next year's news today, next decade's news today. So now the question is, why are they admitting it came out of a Wuhan lab? Or why do they want us now to think it came out of a Wuhan lab? Well, I can't tell. Am I in 1984? Am I in 2023? Am I in 2020? Am I, in, am I in 3023? What level of this dystopian future am I in right now? Ladies and gentlemen, Owen Schroyer here, filling in on the Alex Jones Show, an honor and a privilege always to be with you, the crew, the audience here on this Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. And now we're into the new phase, year two of the war in Ukraine. And most expert opinions and analysts are kind of seeing the same thing. Not, not the war propagandists, not your lying media, your lying politicians, but true analysis of this, looking at it for what it is. The war is going to go on, it looks like, for years now. And that's kind of how it's all being prepped. And for Russia, they actually have a, a, a serious fight. And they actually have the backing of the Russian people. I mean, imagine after 9-11, all the support George Bush got, all the support the military got, the patriotism, all of it. That's basically what's going on in Russia right now. The parameters obviously different, but maybe not anymore as Russia is now getting attacked, drone attacks inside Russian territory. So you don't really have support for this war anywhere else. I mean, you've seen the Polish people hopping up and down for war very oddly, but okay. What, but what, where else are you getting that support? Ukraine? Uh, not so much. Not really. And sadly, the people of Kiev and some of these other major Ukrainian cities that have mostly been able to live their lives normally in the last year, I think in this next phase of the war, that's going to change. And so for the next year, Russia is going to be moving forward towards the Dnipro River. 
and they're going to secure all the land and you're probably going to see at least 500,000 dead in the process. And they're not really showing much of the footage coming from these actual war zones. And I think that's because they don't want the American people to see how bad it actually is. They want the made-for-TV moments. They want the TV hero Zelensky running around in a Balenciaga sweatshirt. They want the glad-handing of the American media, the American politicians, the celebrities going over there with Zelensky. They want to feel good about the money and the weapons, but they don't want to actually show you entire regions of Ukraine turned into rubble because you might not want to support this. You might not believe that Ukraine is winning the war as they continue to tell you, which of course any anybody who's observing this can pretty much do the math. You keep telling us Ukraine's winning, but you keep telling us how much they need weapons and ammunition and money. Well, that doesn't sound like winning, does it? No, quite the opposite. Now, does China's involvement in the war in Ukraine, which is really just China deciding to back Russia in the larger geopolitical face-off of the corrupt globalists in the West facing off with the, you could say, corrupt globalists of the East in kind of this power struggle for who's going to dictate who's going to be on top of the pyramid when the global government comes into fruition. Now, of course, the American people and everybody on the planet should be against the concept of global government, but they're not getting the full story. Now, we will talk about that today, but you have to wonder why, why, is the U.S. government and the American media telling you today that the Wuhan lab was indeed the origin of COVID-19? And there's a whole list of questions that, that follow that and surround that. And we're going to get into that with Dr. Andrew Huff, who was an original whistleblower on the virus origins in the third hour today. But getting back to the situation in Ukraine now that's being escalated with Russia getting attacked, folks, there's just not much support for Ukraine out there, I'm sorry to say. And, and you've got, of course, the mainstream media propaganda, but they, tr they tell you Joe Biden is popular too. I mean, you know that's a lie. So this is what they do. They, they push out their propaganda. They get all their brainwashed minions to put a Ukraine flag on their internet profile or put a Ukraine flag up by their business or, or wave a Ukraine flag during their political events. And it's just all propaganda. And, and you know what? I, I kind of like what you guys are doing here, putting all the Zelensky crap on the screen. Let's just, let's just keep doing that. I mean, just show all the gay Zelensky stuff. And hey, that's fine. If, if he wants to, you know, make, make jokes about his penis and play with his penis on television and rub his penis on other men and, and, and dance for other men in gimp suits and hump them and gyrate them in a homoerotic display, then that's good for Zelensky. But this is who you're supposed to back. This is who's telling you you need to die and pay for Ukraine to survive as he's going to be the one in charge when Ukraine falls, stealing all of our money in the process. 
I mean, imagine Zelensky, you know, this, this, this gay twink in a gimp outfit, leather daddy, just, just mounting the United States of America and just, just having it. That's what he wants to do. That's what he's doing. And we're just supposed to sit here and take it. But no, 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 no. See, there's not that support for Ukraine. You've got the propaganda overwhelming you, thinking the support is there. It's not. Anti-war protests in America, anti-war protests in Germany, anti-war protests in France, anti-NATO protests. So no, they don't have the support. They're feigning the support. They're, they're faking it all. They want you to think you're on the winning team. It's like Tokyo Rose, Baghdad Bob, or, or if I decided to run a commercial because I wanted to sell merchandise and you just had the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. But I just said, you know what? I want to sell some Eagles merchandise. So I'm just going to say the Eagles won the Super Bowl and we're going to sell Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl hats and T-shirts. And somebody that doesn't know any better would say, oh, oh, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I want a hat. I want a T-shirt. And then they go out and they buy the Super Bowl hat and T-shirt thinking, oh, look, I'm on the winning team. I'm winning. I'm a Super Bowl winner with the Eagles. Uh, no, the Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl. You got tricked. And so that's now what's going on in Ukraine. But the situation has escalated. And again, folks, you need to understand the, 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 the support for the Ukrainian army, the support publicly, all of this, it's just not there. And as far as Zelensky's side is concerned with Joe Biden, and, and, and Duda in Poland, there is no real cause. There is no real momentum. It's all synthetic. It's all fake. It's all propaganda. And of course, you can always go back to the question of why and say, well, money, $150 billion to Ukraine. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of money. But then you look at their side from Russia, and this is where your media is not telling you what's going on. Folks, Russian patriotism, support for Vladimir Putin is basically, I would say the comparison is like after 9-11 in the United States of America, where you saw American flags everywhere, patriotism everywhere, people joining the military everywhere. Now, I'm not saying it's 100% for that in Russia, obviously. I, I'm just saying, if you want to have kind of an idea, a flavor, a moment of what this is like in Russia, think post 9-11 America with the patriotism and the support and the unity. That's happening in Russia, and that is legitimate. You don't have that anywhere else right now. You don't have that in Ukraine for Ukraine. You don't have that in any NATO countries for Ukraine. You don't really have that in America outside of just the propaganda. And so when you realize that Zelensky and Ukraine are basically an empty, an empty shell of a tank moving in against the, the Russians that are actually there, want to be there, and have a real agenda and a real cause, you realize the whole Ukraine war was always meant to fail. But there's a bigger problem, and we'll talk about that on the other side. So it's sad that you have world leaders that will gladly profit and gain more influence and power off of a war that is going to devastate an entire country, see probably at least half a million killed overall, and they just don't care. 
They just don't care. They launder their money. They launder their weapons. And they just do not care at all the bloodshed and destruction going on in Ukraine. All over power. All over influence. And it's, it's truly sick how evil military-industrial complex and its representatives in the U.S. media and the U.S. government have become. And it's really an odd phenomenon that we're witnessing here that the anti-war American left that voted for Obama, and that was probably the reason why many centrists, libertarians, voted for Obama was his anti-war stance and campaigning on ending the wars in the Middle East. Now, of course, he lied. He, he, he bombed more countries than Bush did. But aside from that, now those same anti-war liberals are pro-war, just blood dripping from their foaming mouths against Vladimir Putin, against Russia for this war in Ukraine. It's really sick. It's really disgusting. And I'm telling you, they're not really reporting how bad it actually is in Ukraine. They're not really showing you the destruction, the devastation, and the death numbers because they don't want it humanized. They just want you to, they just want to be able to click their heels, say, give Ukraine money, and then you put the Ukraine flag in your internet profile or at your house or place of business, just thinking you're doing the right thing. You're supporting Ukraine. You're doing a good thing. When really it's just a bunch of money laundering, warmongering, and regime change efforts in a struggle that, quite frankly, we should not even be involved in. You can pick and choose what struggles you want to be involved in. You can pick and choose which struggles, which country's struggles you want to amplify and make the American people aware of. But, you see, they don't talk about what goes on in Yemen, do they? They don't talk about Syria that gets attacked. No, they want you focusing on Ukraine because that's where the big power struggle is going on, that's where the West has been influencing and rigging and meddling in elections and foreign affairs to a point of no return. And even doing deeper analysis into this, I wonder, and we don't really hear about this angle discussed much, but, but I wonder... How much of this invasion of Ukraine is directly Joe Biden's fault? Now, is that because Russia knows that Joe Biden is just going to be laundering money and not actually going to fight a war? Why is it the last two times Russia has gone into Ukraine is when Joe Biden is in the White House? Now, my analytical response to this is that, well, Russia, we know Putin's problem is he doesn't like NATO's expansion. He doesn't like NATO's aggression, and he doesn't like Western-backed coups in Ukraine going against the will of the people to be more aligned with Russia than the West. 
But why does he always invade and make moves when Joe Biden is in the White House? Is that because he knows Joe Biden is weak and is not going to do anything? Or is something else going on with that? But see, you never really hear that aspect of it, do you? No, because Joe Biden is the good guy and he's the, he's the strong man standing up to Putin. Really? Because every time Joe Biden's in the White House, Putin walks right into Ukraine with Russia. <laughs> that, that's Joe Biden, your tough guy. He's standing up. Yeah. No, actually, no, actually, uh, Ukrainians are suffering greatly because of Joe Biden and Zelensky. And there's been mixed numbers that, that come out of Ukraine and how many Russians have died and how many Ukrainians have died. But I mean, high estimates are it's looking like about a quarter million people have died in the war so far one year in. Probably mostly Ukrainians. But Joe Biden's the strong man. He's the good guy. He's standing up to Putin. Or is it that Putin realizes that Donald Trump had the same disposition, generally speaking, towards NATO as Putin did? And if you want to really get down to the brass tacks here, ladies and gentlemen, NATO needs to be shut down. There is no use for NATO anymore. And Donald Trump understood that. And he said, look, why is the United States spending all of this money on NATO and we get nothing in return? Nothing. And if you look at what's happened in the last year in Ukraine, ask yourself this, what has NATO done? What is NATO's purpose? Now, of course, Ukraine is not a NATO nation, so it shouldn't even matter. But that's what this whole struggle is over. So how much money has the United States spent into NATO in the last 10 years? And what have we got to show for it? A big fat nothing except a bill for hundreds of millions, probably billions of dollars. And now, because of this obsession with NATO and whatever Victoria Newland and Hunter Biden were doing with 46 bioweapons labs in Ukraine. And so again, Putin didn't feel the need to counter NATO aggression Putin didn't feel the need to counter Western aggression in Ukraine when Trump was president because Trump wanted to ratchet it down. Trump wanted to stop funding it. That's not Trump and Putin colluding. That's Donald Trump being an American president saying, why am I funding NATO? It does nothing for me. And all these NATO countries of ours, these allies that don't pay anywhere near the amount we pay give us nothing in return. Nothing. Oh, what about strategic this? What about military that? For what? Do we really want a war with Russia over Ukraine? Do we really want the fate of the planet potentially to hinge on Vladimir Zelensky, a puppet, a leather daddy gimp outfit kink boy? 
150 billion for Ukraine. What will be enough? Nothing. Zelensky wants more money and he wants the American blood and treasure to be spilled and lost in Ukraine. Truly disgusting. And I just feel bad for the people of Ukraine that are really going to suffer the most from this. And that's perhaps the biggest lie of this whole thing that somehow supporting Zelensky and fighting a war against Russia is going to help the people of Ukraine. Uh, no, ladies and gentlemen, the country is going to be completely devastated and destroyed in many places. And, and probably half a million will die when this thing is said and done years from now. So I want to stop waxing here and start getting into the headlines and tying it into does the situation, the latest developments with Ukraine and the, and the, and the leaning potential towards World War III with China getting involved, is this why we're now hearing about the Wuhan lab leak for the origin of COVID-19? Well, why are they telling you it now? We'll be discussing that in the third hour with Dr. Andrew Huff. Now, before I move on and get to some of these headlines, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Jones' latest book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, has been a top seller. And we appreciate the audience for making it a top seller when it first came out. Now, Alex is done signing these books. However, we do still have signed copies remaining at InfoWarsStore.com, but it's your last opportunity. Couple hundred of these left now. The Great Reset and the War for the World by Alex Jones, hand signed. Couple hundred copies left, and that's it. So limited edition here. Final copies are going out the door now. So take advantage of this before it's too late. I don't think Alex Jones wants to sign another book in his life. But he won't be signing another Great Reset and the War for the World. So get your signed copy right now at InfoWarsStore.com. And of course, all the great products there as well. I'm a product of the products at InfoWarsStore.com. And of course, I've, I drank. I basically chugged from a bottle of Rainforest Ultra before going on air. It's true. I chugged from it. A little bit more than the recommended two droppers. I did a little bit of a chug, but that's okay. It's okay. I'm able to do that. All right. Not recommending that, but hey, you know what? Maybe you like doing that too. But I don't go on air without Brain Force Plus and or Brain Force Ultra. Brain Force Ultra, the liquid tincture, Brain Force Plus in the capsule, whichever one works for you. But I got to say, if you're a student listening to this or you're a parent of a student and you're hearing about you need drugs for your ADD or your ADHD or this or that, uh, folks, don't, don't go down that route. Don't go down the prescription drug route. I would say at least give BrainForce Ultra or BrainForce Plus a try before you go down that route because it's all natural, organic ingredients, not going to give you the jitters, not going to get you hooked, but is going to give you the mental energy, focus, clarity to to study for a big exam, prepare for a big presentation, whatever the case may be. 
And that's basically what I do. I mean, you talk about a three-hour radio show, or if you do two in a day, like I'm going to today, well, that's basically a six-hour presentation. So yeah, BrainForce Ultra is my go-to, exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com, and we are listener-supported. And because of that, we're able to tell you the truth about the origins of COVID-19 and tell you the truth about the vaccines because we don't get big pharmaceutical billions so they can control our content. That's not how we roll here. Now, I, I, I just, when I look at the media landscape in the last 24 hours, or really since Monday, actually, I would say, I turn on CNN Monday night. They're reporting that COVID-19 came out of a Wuhan lab. I turn on MSNBC Monday night. They're reporting that COVID-19 came out of a Wuhan lab. Folks, we're talking three years. Three years after the story. Now they're reporting on it, telling you it came out of a lab in China. Now, clearly... There's an agenda afoot. Clearly a message has gone out to all the mainstream news. And this is when you'll know you're getting hit with a massive propaganda campaign. Is if this weekend during their weekend news specials, you know, ABC, CBS and all this other stuff. If, if they do all their weekend news specials on COVID-19 coming out of Wuhan, then you know there is a massive propaganda campaign afoot that there is a agenda behind. And my best rational thinking is that China's involvement in the war in Ukraine and backing Russia and geopolitically aligning with Russia now is the reason why the US media and the US government wants to blame China for the lab leak. Now, think about how disgusting this is. They knew at the time it came out of Wuhan and they covered it up because Fauci's involvement, the NIH's involvement, which we have all the proof of, by the way, I'll, I'll get into it with the news stories we have today. They knew it for three years. Now they want to report on it. Why? Because they're in a geopolitical standoff with China over the war in Ukraine. Not because they actually care about the origins, not because they actually want China to have to pay for it, but because they're in a geopolitical face-off with China and Ukraine now, and so now they're going to tell you about the Wuhan lab leak. Now they're going to tell you about COVID-19. And these Democrats and the American media are so corrupt. I don't even know how you can possibly analyze this any better than Tucker Carlson did. I mean, he, 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 you could do a three-hour presentation on, I mean, seriously, Three hours, six hours, 10 hours, 24 hours. How much content could you compile and put together of the mainstream media and the U.S. government telling you it did not come out of Wuhan lab? They scolded Donald Trump for suggesting it came out of Wuhan. They sent their members to press conferences saying, don't say it came out of Wuhan. It didn't come out of Wuhan. The American media scolding you. Big tech censoring you. You're not allowed to say it came out of China. You're not allowed to talk about the Wuhan lab leak theory. It's fake news. It's false. You're banned. You're censored. You're bad. 
Oh, now three years later, they're all telling you it came out of Wuhan. The same people that censored you for saying it came out of Wuhan. The same people that called you a liar for saying it came out of Wuhan. For years. And they have no shame. They have no shame at all. They have no spine. They have no soul. They are completely corrupted that they can now tell you with a straight face that COVID-19 came out of a Wuhan lab when for three years they said it didn't and that was a lie and you should be censored if you say that. And if you're a doctor, you should have your license removed. And with no shame, they go up with a straight face now and tell you that it came out of a Wuhan lab. Now, there's all kinds of different angles to this because how can they walk this tightrope without burning their own? How can they report on the Wuhan lab now without burning Anthony Fauci? How can they report on the Wuhan lab now without burning the NIH? How can they report on the Wuhan lab now without burning the EcoHealth Alliance, Peter Daszak, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, and everybody else that was involved with the Wuhan Institute of Virology doing gain-of-function research that now they say led to the largest pandemic in world history. How are they going to walk that tightrope of not taking the blame and the punishment themselves while they're admitting it now? All right, we're going to start looking at these headlines now as the narrative changes. No, it didn't come out of a Wuhan lab. No, no. How dare you? You're silenced. You're censored. You're a racist. To it came out of a Wuhan lab in China. China bad. Now, this is breaking right now, before I get into these headlines, a massive fire. Yes, the domestic disasters continue. The infrastructure collapse continues. We told you this would be the story for the year. We told you this would be the trend for the year, and now it's every day. What new domestic disaster is going to come across the newsfeed? Massive fire at a metal processing plant in Ohio. And it's actually a, a giant facility that's a supplier of metals for the entire planet. So it's just every day a new fire, every day infrastructure collapsing. And so that story is breaking right now. I, I, we have the footage, but it's not on the screen, but you can see it. There it is right there. Uh, this is just outside of Cleveland. Many different angles of this metal plant on fire. So there you go. It's a new domestic disaster every day. You're in the dystopian future. You're in the new world order. You're in Democrat-run America. This is just the new normal. This is just the new normal for you. And they think that the people are so stupid that they can say, nope, didn't come out of China. You're a racist. If you say that, that's fake news to them telling you it came out of China and acting like it wasn't them telling you it didn't. Now, here's some of the headlines. Where are the anti-big pharmaceutical liberals out there? It's funny. They just, as soon as they realize they're a hypocrite, they just act like they were never something. So I, I remember going around in 2015 and interviewing liberals that were anti-Big Pharma 
because one of their big reasons they supported Bernie Sanders was he didn't take money from Big Pharma. Now, actually, that wasn't true. Bernie Sanders did take millions of dollars from Big Pharma, but they believed he didn't. And when I brought it up and I showed them, hey, actually, Bernie Sanders did take money from Big Pharma, they got really sour because being anti-Big Pharma used to be a big leftist, progressive, Democrat stance. But now Big Pharma owns them. And so they love the, the Big Pharma. So I, I, I'm guessing they won't be complaining about this. Dr. Anthony Fauci increased personal wealth from 7.6 million to 12.6 million during the pandemic, a 65% increase in wealth. And this is mainstream news, folks. And an investigator, Adam Azdrujewski, who's been investigating Fauci's finances, was breaking this down on Fox Business. Where are the audits into Anthony Fauci's riches? Remember, it was Rand Paul that asked Fauci, and this story broke last week, actually, that, and I, I, don't, I don't think I have it on my stack today, but last week, Pfizer and other big pharmaceutical companies were giving hundreds of millions of dollars in kickbacks to Fauci's programs inside the NIH or, or whatever government bureaucracies he was running, hundreds of millions of dollars from big pharma in kickbacks. Wow. Wow. What an amazing, what an amazing feat. Fauci helps fund and operate a lab that designs a virus that is extremely contagious that comes out of the lab and then Fauci assumes more power he's ever had in his life once his virus gets released and then Fauci gets to tell you what protocols to follow which he tells you to take his drug and then he tells you you got to take a vaccine if you want to go back to having your life and opening your business which he gets kickbacks from the companies that make the vaccine. I mean, this is as criminal as it gets, as cut and dry, criminally obvious as it can possibly get, but he gets protected by the mainstream media and the government's not interested in auditing his wealth. They're going to come for your bartender, your waitress down the street because they're getting paid in tips and cash in the IRS. Well, <laughs> they got to get their cut. See, government's got to get their cut. FDA advisors recommend world's first RSV vaccine from Pfizer. So don't you see? Pfizer pays off the government, and then the government makes you take a Pfizer product. Is that fascism? Is that collusion? Or is that just liberal? Six-time vaccinated, mask-obsessed doctor, confused by being reinfected with COVID every time she gets a vaccine. <laughs> That's just I shouldn't laugh. It's sad, but I mean, at a certain level, it's like, if you can't figure it out, well, you know, nothing I can do for you. mRNA vaccines contain DNA that can turn human cells into permanent spike protein factories, according to a new study. The mRNA COVID vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna contain billions of particles of self-replicating DNA that can turn human cells into permanent factories for the COVID-19 spike protein. Ah, yes, also reported by InfoWars three years ago with our great doctor guests telling us exactly this would happen. 
Take that vaccine, though, safe and effective. Take that vaccine. It's mandatory. And they gave you that little card. Remember that little card? I mean, they, they, they really wanted you to, they, they wanted to kill you with that thing. They wanted you to take six, seven, eight, nine, ten of these things until your heart blows up, until you become a spike protein virus factory. And, uh, well, they didn't get what they wanted, but they're going to come back. For sure, they're going to come back. And maybe that's why they want you to think that the virus came out of a lab now. Maybe it's like a fear tactic. Is it a scarier virus if it's made as a weapon, as a biological weapon in a lab? Is that scarier than if it came from a bat in a soup, in a bowl of soup, like they wanted you to think? Is it scarier to think it was made in a lab as a weapon? Maybe that's why they're doing it. Why is the previously dismissed claim that COVID originated in China now being accepted as fact? Three years later, FBI Director Chris Wray nonchalantly admits COVID-19 virus likely came from a lab leak in China. And so China is trying to, 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 to squelch this. CCP threatens Elon Musk, warns him against promoting Wuhan lab leak. The CCP doesn't really like Elon Musk, by the way. They're not a big fan. So, okay. Now, the World Health Organization releases this report. The World Health Organization moves forward with plans to target misinformation and disinformation under international law. And, and this is what Joe Biden just signed us on to, by the way. And then Mitch McConnell the other day said, we don't, we're not a sovereign nation anymore. I, I, we should probably re-pull that clip. I believe it was from Sunday night or Monday. Mitch McConnell saying the U.S. is no longer a sovereign nation and that's a good thing. Wow. No, it was like it barely even made a ripple. And that's just because Mitch McConnell is such a non-factor. Mitch McConnell is such a zero. He's a Democrat. So, I mean, he says stuff. No Republicans listen. We know what he is. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of a big statement. The leader of the Republicans in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, saying we're no longer a sovereign nation. We're, we're sold out to the globalist. Oh, oh, well, at least Mitch McConnell's being honest. But, oh, it's the World Health Organization that Joe Biden just signed us on to that Mitch McConnell confirmed the global unelected health agency, the World Health Organization, is marching forward with its plans to make amendments to the international health regulations, which would give it a new far-reaching powers to counter misinformation and disinformation. Folks, this is what's so dangerous now. And I, I, they could be ramping up another virus any day now. With Biden just signing us over to the WHO, the WHO saying, oh, we're going to have misinformation, disinformation, and now they're going to have dictatorial power in the United States, and they'll pull doctors' licenses, and they'll shut down clinics, and they'll censor people that say what they're not allowed to, according to the new unelected World Health Organization. But wait a second. But wait a second. We've done this before. This is not new. I, I'm, I'm having a deja vu moment right now. The World Health Organization already targeted misinformation and disinformation. And you know what it was? That COVID-19 came out of a Wuhan lab. Ah, ah. So were they wrong about that? Or is this just full 1984 where... On Tuesday, one plus one equals two. On Wednesday, one plus one equals three. On Thursday, one plus one equals four. And on Friday, one plus one equals one. In other words, the truth is whatever the state and the government say it is. 
So it was misinformation and disinformation to say COVID-19 came out of Wuhan lab. Now, three years later, it's mainstream news. Make Orwell fiction again. I am in 1984. Ladies and gentlemen, this book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, is a historic book that documents the globalists in their own words planned for our future. That is a hellish future. Now, you'll be always, while they still allow books, I guess, they're starting to ban them, be able to get an unsigned copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World at bookstores, Amazon, or InfoWarsTore.com. But you will never be able to get another signed copy of the book after the signed copies we got run out. And there's about a thousand left of them right now. So get your copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World, a signed copy at InfoWarsTore.com. And there is a markup there because this is a fundraiser to keep us on the air. So you won't just have this historic memento and this powerful book. You'll also know that you help keep InfoWars on the air. I'm going to thank those of you that have gotten signed copies of the book or unsigned copies. But I want to encourage all of you who haven't yet to go to InfoWarsTore.com and get a signed copy and buy a couple of unsigned copies and donate them to the library or give them to the local school. This is an InfoWar. I'm counting on you and thank you for your support. You know, the greatest injustices are happening right in front of our eyes every day. And it's really so bad you wonder how we recover from this outside of just complete collapse or annihilation, quite frankly. Because turning this thing around at this point is, is such a difficult enterprise, such a difficult adventure. I mean, you've got political prisoners. I mean, hell, I, I could talk about the Uyghurs in China. You could talk about all the injustices around the world. But just looking here in America, the leader of the free world, where we're supposed to be a land of justice, and yet you have political prisoners being held, nonviolent, most of them just innocent completely, being held in jail cells for years, veterans, doctors, mothers, fathers, grandmothers, grandparents, teachers, being held in jail for years as if they're somehow criminals, nonviolent offenders, most of them completely innocent of anything. And yet... The people that make viruses in labs that get released and kill millions of people, according to their own data, they're above the law. They don't have to worry about that. And the people that lied to all of you about it, they don't have to worry about that either. That is such a grave injustice that it is truly scary. If injustices that bold can exist, it just, it just shows where we're going and how, how close everything is to becoming total dystopian tyranny. Now, here's Dr. Marty Makari talking about how you weren't allowed to talk about the lab leak theory three years ago. Oh, but now they want you to accept it as fact. And here that is in clip one. Thank you, Congresswoman. The reason this is even an issue is that it's embarrassing we funded the lab. If we had not funded the lab, 100% of Americans would say this is obvious, this is a no-brainer. The epicenter of the world is five miles from one of the only high-level virology labs in China. The doctors initially were arrested and forced to sign uh, non-disclosure gag documents. The 
lab reports have been destroyed. They've not been turned over. The sequences reported from the lab to the NIH database were deleted by a request from Chinese scientists that called over early on and said, delete those sequences we put in the database. And two leading virologists, maybe the two um, top virologists in the United States, Dr. Michael Farzan from Scripps and Dr. Robert Gary from Tulane, told Dr. Fauci on his emergency call in January of 2020 when he was scrambling soon after learning that the NIH was funding the lab, they both said that it was likely from the lab. Both scientists changed their tunes days later in the media, and then both scientists received $9 million subsequent in funding from the NIH. It's a no-brainer that it came from the lab. I mean, at this point, it's impossible to acquire any more information. And if you did, it would only be affirmative. So That's just incredible to think. And there's more out there about this as well. Fauci needs to be arrested. I and mean, this is just out of control. The Libertarian Party also reporting on this. You don't really get much, nothing from the Democrats. Some Republicans. The man on the left is Christian Anderson, a British scientist who emailed Fauci on January 31st, 2020, saying the virus looks lab-made. The man on the right is Christian Anderson, the guy who Fauci called on February 1st, 2020, and ordered to publicly say it wasn't lab-made, which he did. Fauci then gave him a $1.8 million grant plus $16.5 million in funding. Fauci buying off scientists, buying off their silence. Criminal. Arrest him. Now. Right now. Where is Anthony Fauci? If the answer is not in jail, then it's the wrong answer. Oh, but John Stewart's complaining. John Stewart reflects on being canceled by left after promoting COVID lab leak on Stephen Colbert's show. Oh, that's funny, John. Imagine being Alex Jones. Imagine being Owen Schroyer, Dr. Francis Boyle, and our, all, all of our guests that said this in 2020 before you, years before you, and we got canceled and slandered and attacked and lied about. Okay, why, why is the corrupt American media and our corrupt politicians and bureaucrats now telling us that COVID-19 came out of a Wuhan lab. Now, I, I'm not claiming to have the answer. I, my best guess, the only logical analysis that I can have is that because China is backing Russia and because China is aligning itself geopolitically with Russia now, which is, by the way, thanks to the West, that, that's all thanks to NATO, that's all thanks to Joe Biden. It didn't have to be that way. It's like, you know, I, I made the analogy earlier. I think it still stands. This is like if you had the prom queen and she actually likes you. The prom queen actually wants to dance with you. The prom queen actually wants to go home with you. But instead, you decide to be a jerk to the prom queen and she goes home with, with the other guy. She dances with the other guy, even though she wanted to be with you. But, but you, you were rude. You were a jerk. And so you shoved her into the other guy's arms. And that's basically what we did with Russia, and, and now they're going into the arms of China. They didn't want to really go into the arms of China. They would rather be dancing with us, but we were rude, we were mean, and after all, they do want to dance at their prom, so they're going to dance with China. So my only logical conclusion is they're now blaming the COVID-19 pandemic on China as a response to China backing Russia in Ukraine and just in larger geopolitical issues. 
I can't figure any other reason why they would be doing this now. It's not like they want to burn Fauci. It's not like they want to burn EcoHealth Alliance. It's not like they want to burn themselves with the hundreds of millions spent to silence doctors and do gain-of-function research that was illegal, by the way. Now, if you think about that, that tells you how serious this situation is with Russia. That they're willing to potentially burn some of their highest operatives and agents. I mean, folks, we're talking about Anthony Fauci. This guy ran the AIDS pandemic response that killed tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that they made a whole movie about Dallas Buyers Club, Anthony Fauci, the bad guy in the movie where the characters view the government as mass murderers. That was Anthony Fauci. And now he's back again with the COVID-19 and making the virus in the lab and telling you to mask and telling you to take a deadly vaccine. So, I mean, this is a top agent. Anthony Fauci is a true top globalist agent, a true top globalist criminal. I mean, he is, he is at the table with Spectre. He is, he is running their programs. They don't want to burn him. They don't want to get into a, a, a standoff with him. Think about all the dirt and blackmail and skeletons he can expose. So that just shows you how serious this situation in Russia and Ukraine is and, and how much of a threat it is that China is aligning itself with Russia. Folks, that's serious stuff that they're willing to potentially burn their own top agents and their own top criminal enterprises of biological weapons being made in order to have a geopolitical standoff against China supporting Russia. I mean, that's, that's big. And they're still giving China an out because they're, they're playing this little back and forth game. The Biden administration saying, well... We're not so sure it actually came out of Wuhan. So, so they're basically like, hey, look, China, we can change the narrative and blame this on you. And, and who knows if there's any real pressure there. China probably doesn't care less, quite frankly. They could blame it on China. They could expose the whole thing. And China's like, we don't care. China, the, the, the Chinese communists already have complete control of China. They don't need to play these stupid little games with our corrupt media and our corrupt politicians. They don't care. So I don't think it's really going to matter to China. You could blame China tomorrow and they'll say, so what? The Biden administration can come out and blame China. They'll say, so what? The World Health Organization is not going to blame China. Bill Gates is not going to blame China. So this is all a Biden, Democrat, geopolitical standoff against China, threatening China. We'll blame you for the pandemic. And, and, and you know what China is going to do? Nothing. They're going to balk and say, go ahead. And then you're going to have Biden and the Democrats and the mainstream media sitting with egg on their face yet again. Because we don't have serious leaders. I don't like Xi Jinping. I don't like the Chinese communists. But they're serious leaders. They're not a joke. Joe Biden is a joke. He's not a serious leader. What do they tell you? We've got the gayest White House ever. Oh, it's so gay. Oh, it's so black. It's so diverse. It's so immigrant. It's so gay. Ooh, whoops. Woo, congratulations. Whoops, whoop, whoop-de-doo. You guys are gay. Woo, yay. The White House is gay. All right. Congratulations. You, you, like, to, you like to put things in, in other guys, uh, you know, cavities. 
Yay! Let's celebrate how gay we are! Yay! Corrine Jean-Pierre likes to scissor! Woo! Corrine Jean-Pierre likes to scissor, and Pete Buttigieg likes sodomy! Yay! Woohoo! It's so much fun! Yeah, yeah, you can say Putin is corrupt. He's a serious leader. You can say the Chinese communists are corrupt. They're serious people. They don't run around playing tiddlywinks. They don't run around sticking their fingers in, their, in, in each other's orifices. And then telling you how great they are for doing it. <laughs> so the whole thing is collapsing, really. The, the, the entire Western power structure is collapsing, which is sad. I mean, it's totally corrupt, but folks, our, our standing in the world is going away. It's, it is depleting quickly. Geopolitically, we are sliding down the totem pole faster than Pete Buttigieg on a, on a, on a greased pole. And the leaders of the world outside of the West, outside of the United States, have no respect. They don't care how gay Karine Jean-Pierre is. They don't care how gay Pete Buttplug is. They don't care. Nobody cares. But they just think it's all, oh, let's dance around in gay flags and let's talk about how diverse we are. We're so great. And they're getting laps run around them geopolitically. And they can't even, it's like a blur. They can't even keep up. These are not serious people. So this standoff of, oh, we're going to make sure you get the blame, China. We're going to make sure that China gets the blame for the pandemic will not matter. It will not matter. It is not going to make a difference anywhere. Now, they might burn their own in the process. I mean, seriously, if they really want to push this, Fauci's going to go to jail. If they really want to take this to the limit, if they really want to get down to the origins of COVID-19, uh, their players are going to go to jail. The Chinese will have no problem now, the Chinese communists are denying that it came out of the lab, so that hasn't changed. But there could be a day where it changes and they would say, you know what? Yeah, we, we have biological weapons labs. You guys funded it. Thank you. Oops. How's that going to play? So the only reason I can see as to why they're telling you COVID-19 came out of a lab is basically a, a threat against China that China is going to laugh at. That China is going to piss on and, and wipe their butts with. And the, the escalation is on. Major escalation. Drone attacks strike deep inside Russia, targeting nation's oil industry. Oh, who blew up the pipeline? Who's attacking them now? Zelensky says that uh, Americans are going to have to spend their blood and treasure in Ukraine to protect Ukraine. Really, Zelensky, what would you do for us? Iran can make fissile material for a bomb in about 12 days, so Iran getting a little more serious in this. But folks, there is a back and forth going on inside the government, and, and I pulled this story up just as an example. Showdown before the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago, Agents and prosecutors argued over Trump. Folks, it's going back and forth with the war and, and some of the generals. It's going back and forth with the political persecution of Trump supporters and some of the agents and prosecutors. So 
The, the, the answer to all this is good Americans need to stand up, rise up, and do the right thing in the face of, of all of this. Otherwise, we're going to lose everything. All right, we're going to get back into the discussion of the Wuhan lab leak theory now being confirmed with Dr. Andrew Huff coming up in the third hour of today's Alex Jones show. I would like to move on to some other subjects here before we do that. And ladies and gentlemen, remember everything we do here is brought to you by you shopping at InfoWarsStore.com. And isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that all the news that we reported years ago, months ago, decades ago, all turns out to be true? And of course, that's why they want us off the air. But we're still here every day, kicking and screaming and fighting the globalists, New World Order tyrants every day. And we intend to as long as we are right here on the air. So shopping at InfoWarsStore.com is what makes it all possible. Now, I got to tell you, whenever I'm out and about and I get recognized, a lot of times people want to tell me about the products and which ones were great for them and the, the impacts they had on their lives or their families. And recently, for whatever reason, I'm getting people talking about the CBD, the full spectrum CBD just being the best out there. And I am somebody that has been using supplements for a long time. I use a lot of the InfoWars supplements and products, but I'm not, I don't, I've never done the CBD full spectrum stuff. So I'm not really commenting on this because of personal experience. Um, but I can tell you, this is the product I hear about more than any other product now. And it's coming from people who have been using different CBD products for years now. They've been popular for years now. And it's from people that have been using CBD products. Some people even selling them themselves. And they come up and, and they tell me, they say, Owen, oh, the CBD spectrum you guys sell at InfoWarsStore.com is the best on the market. I sell them. I'm telling you it's the best. Or I've used them all. I'm telling you it's the best. So usually I like to talk about the products that I use that I like because it's easy for me to do that. But I can't ignore the fact that I hear about the CBD full spectrum at InfoWarsStore.com now more than any other product when people recognize me and they want to talk about the supplements. So it's the real deal. And of course, we've had Mike Adams and others that have analyzed it in labs saying, no, yeah, this is the most powerful on the market. By the way, it's at the lowest price. So that's what we do at InfoWarsStore.com with all the great supplements, highest quality, lowest price, InfoWarsStore.com, and you support the transmission in the process. All right. Let's look here. How's Joe Biden's America doing, by the way? Oh, did, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. We played it in the fourth hour yesterday. I thought there's no way this is real. This has to be deep fake. But it was real. Joe Biden talking about a nurse whispering sweet nothings into his ear. I I'm not even kidding you. Maybe we should play it again. Joe Biden slurs, invents a new language in Virginia speech. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. And uh, he keeps telling you how great the economy is, by the way, which is just not true. I've got the evidence. Is this the clip, guys? Do we have it ready? 
Biden repeats bizarre story about nurse who rubbed his face and whispered sweet nothings into his ear. This is real. This is this is your president, Joe Biden, who's going to who's going to lead us through a war with Russia. Here's Joe Biden yesterday. You can't even believe this, but it's real. And Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. What? She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand her. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. Huh? She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was, that there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her pillow. Joe, that's not a nurse. Joe, that wasn't a nurse. Joe, that wasn't a doctor. Joe, Joe, that was a hooker. Joe, that was Hunter's stripper. That was Hunter's escort. But imagine now this, this, this doctor or this nurse he's talking about, I don't know, maybe she likes it. She, apparently she's whispering sweet nothings into his ear. Joe, let's go, Brandon. Ooh, that gets me off, baby. I'm Joe Biden. I wonder how Jill, Dr. Jill feels about that. She's in Africa. What about that student loan, though? What about that student loan promise? Joe Biden's student loan bailout plan in danger. <laughs> in danger? It was, never, it was never real. He lied to you. That dirtbag, and he knew it. You know, I feel bad for those suckers. I, I don't know. Part of, me, part of me feels bad. Another part of me just says, screw them. The suckers that fall for the lies of Joe Biden. It's, you know, it's kind of like the devil on your shoulder, the angel on your shoulder. It's like the angel says, hey, they've been fooled. They've been deceived. They're victims of propaganda. And then the devil on my shoulder is like, screw them. They're so stupid. They don't know he's a liar. Forget them. Let them, let them burn intellectually. Oh, you mean, oh, you mean Joe Biden can't just pay off your student debt? Wow. Huh. Who would have who thought? Uh, I guess he can't pay off my mortgage either. I guess he can't pay off my credit card bill either. I mean, I guess we can't even pay off our nation's debt. Oh, oh yeah. We're, what, what are we, $50 trillion in debt, but he's going to pay your student loans. No, he's not. He just wanted you to vote for him. He lied to you. Greatest economy ever, Jack. 60% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Inflation is part of their everyday lives. And this is CNBC financial analysis here. And, and by the way, folks, the, the numbers are not, I mean, it used to be kind of the, the, the demarcation line financially. It's like, if you're making $50,000 a year, you're, you're probably going to be okay. If you're making $50,000 a year, you're going to be able to have a roof over your head, a car that's going to start and, you know, be able to live a pretty comfortable life, about 50,000 a year. Well, now it's like 100,000 a year is where you got to be. And, and this has happened in such a short span, really. It's happened in such a short, short span, just like that. And, and now, if you're making six figures, you're still living paycheck to paycheck. That's Biden's America. But this is globalism. That's the, that's the larger issue. Because our politicians don't think Americans should have the highest standard of living. They think we should be brought back down to the standards of, oh, I don't know, Africa. Mexican president says that Mexico has more democracy than the United States. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Russians apparently steal our elections and Biden apparently gets 81 million votes, but you can't find a single voter. You can't have a rally. You can't fill a high school broom closet. And, and now here's the realization. This is South Park becoming true. It just happens every day. 
can't even believe it. I was watching this South Park episode 10 years ago, and now it's the reality. Many undocumented immigrants are departing after decades in the United States. And so they're realizing that the whole, the whole con of them coming here was just a trick and a trap. And America is not the once great, prosperous, free nation that it once was. And all the little handouts and the things they were told were going to work out for them when they got here aren't happening. And so they're going back to their home countries like Mexico, literally right out of a South Park episode, actually one of my favorite South Park episodes of all time. I think it's called um, Montaquia. Oh man, what was that one called? Where all the Mexicans go back home because they realize it's better there than America. Man, the war propaganda is really ramping up and CNN, MSNBC sending reporters into China, sending reporters into Crimea, and they're looking for a desired result, and they're getting the opposite. MSNBC goes into Crimea, and they're looking for people to talk bad about Putin and Russia, and all they get is people saying how much they love Putin and Russia. Oops. CNN flies around Chinese airspace right up next to a Chinese fighter jet, and it's just, I mean, it's so clearly war propaganda. It's just like, wow, you guys are really flirting with this, aren't you? You really want to put yourselves up there as some of the people that started World War III. Nice. Nice. Way to go. Interesting life choice, but you've made it. And so here we are. Now, the Mexican president, as we just covered, says that Mexico has more democracy than the United States of America. Do you agree with him? Here's some of the headlines on that today. Leftist group caught running massive election bribery scheme in Wisconsin. Supreme Court race, an alleged felony punishable by up to three years in prison. This is an incredible story. Dan O'Donnell from News Talk 1130 in Wisconsin broke a huge report on a leftist bribery scandal operating in Wisconsin before the upcoming state Supreme Court race. This is where it gets wild. And by the way, you know if you've caught them doing this once, they've been doing it forever. Liberal groups are paying voters $250 to sway their friends to vote for the leftist Supreme Court candidate Janet Prostizuishish. You try to pronounce that last name. This amounts to election bribery, a felony in Wisconsin, punishable by up to three years in prison. But don't you know this is how the Democrats operate? They pay you. But see, they have their little, they have their little loopholes and end-around operations where they'll just pay you to promote Democrat Party propaganda on Twitter. They'll just pay you to promote vaccine propaganda on your social media. And then people watching it think, oh, this is my friend. Oh, this is, a, this is a neutral observer saying that this vaccine is good or saying this candidate is good. And you just think, oh, that's just, that's just neutral. That's just a friend. That's just somebody doing it. Oh, no, that's paid propaganda. Ah, ah, yes. Stacey Abrams, this is just, what is going on here? Stacey Abrams goes to Nigeria as an election observer and then both major parties call for a do-over. <laughs> you got to learn the hard way not to trust a Democrat with counting an election, huh? They learned that in Nigeria real quickly. 
By the way, what happened to uh, Jill Biden's trip to Africa? Remember, she was the Biden's secret weapon to go to Africa and convince them not to support China. Let me tell you something. Uh, if Jill Biden shows up to Africa saying, please don't support China, guess what the African countries are going to do the next day after she leaves? They're going to call China and say, hey, how you doing? Want to have a good relationship? Want to go out for dinner? New database launched to help pressure states to clean up voter rolls. Now, remember, it's been discovered millions of illegal voters on the California voter rolls. Same thing in Texas and these other states. Now, they removed them in Florida. And now, what do you know? Florida had a bunch of Republicans win, including a mayor of Miami. Oh, you clean up the voter rolls. Democrats don't win elections anymore. So is this why the Mexican president says that Mexico has more democracy than the United States of America. But hey, we voted for John Fetterman. We got John Fetterman, who is not doing so well. In fact, we don't even know what his current condition is. Pennsylvania Republicans call on Fetterman to appear on camera to prove he's alive and well or resign. Now, again, this is just more of the leftist lies, the mainstream media propaganda. Fetterman's healthy. Fetterman's fine. Nothing to see here. Nothing to worry about. Look, he won a debate. He couldn't even talk. When he was doing TV interviews, he had to have an earpiece in and a teleprompter in front of him because he can't talk and he can't hear. Hey, that's sad. He's suffering from a major stroke. I'm not celebrating that. That's really a shame. Uh, but it's his wife and the Democrats that put him up to running for God knows what reason. But I think we're figuring it out now. By the way, his wife dropped him off at the hospital and then left the country. She's really nice. She's really caring and concerning. I mean, what, what a bitch. But who's surprised? Now, so why is John Fetterman the ideal candidate for the Democrat Party? Now, I told you this is their big new push is they want to promote candidates that are mentally ill so that they can have this new victim class of mentally ill, just like a victim class of you're gay or victim class of you're black or victim class, whatever it is, you're a victim, and so you should vote for this person. They're a victim. They deserve it. They're a victim. Well, now the new one is going to be this person's mentally ill. They're a victim. Or in Fetterman's case, this person is mentally incapacitated. Vote for him. But this is the ideal Democrat candidate now because they can just control the entire party apparatus with a bunch of mentally ill or mentally incapacitated representatives. And then they don't have to worry about people getting uppity like an AOC. They don't have to worry about people leaving the Democrat party like Tulsi Gabbard or maybe even soon Joe Manchin. They want the mentally incapacitated to represent them because then they can just control the party from the top down, which is what they do. That's why they rig all their primaries. That's why Hillary Clinton won the primary. That's why Joe Biden won the primary, despite Bernie Sanders, Tulsi Gabbard, Andrew Yang, all these other candidates having much more support. I went to the debates, folks. I saw it. I mean, even Andrew Yang had hundreds of people in the streets. Joe Biden didn't have one. I went to the Democrat debates. Joe Biden had no support, none. Big crowds for Gabbard, huge crowds for Bernie Sanders, big crowds for Yang. 
Even Marianne Williamson had some people out there waving around crystal balls and crystal shards. But not Biden, but somehow he wins every time. Somehow Hillary Clinton wins every time. Not Bernie Sanders getting the actual numbers, getting the actual rallies. But the truth is Bernie Sanders doesn't want to win. He wants to take your millions of dollars and then never work. He's a bum. But this is John Fetterman, the new ideal candidate for the Democrats, mentally incapacitated, sitting in a hospital bed on life support, and somehow still voting for all the Democrat Party policies. When he can't talk, he can't think, he can't hear. This is your new, this is the new face of the Democrat Party. You know, he ran around chasing black people with a shotgun in his neighborhood. Just good old-fashioned Democrat racism. Jim Jordan asks why the Department of Justice hasn't appointed a special counsel for Hunter Biden. Well, I mean, we all know the answer to that, right? Obviously, white privilege. Oh, oh, is it white privilege? Or is it Democrat privilege? Hmm. I wonder what the good liberals out there are thinking. Why? Has the Department of Justice not appointed a special counsel for Hunter Biden? It must be his white privilege. It must be Hunter Biden's affluence and white privilege that's keeping him from being above the law. I mean, after all, we've seen the laptop. We've seen the images. We've seen the emails. We've seen the text. 10% for Pedo Joe. 10% for the big guy, Pedo Joe. Why isn't there a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden? Is it white privilege? Maybe Hunter Biden is like the drug dealer for D.C. I mean, I'm just trying to make it make sense here. White privilege, Democrat Party privilege, Hunter Biden, the drug dealer. Maybe he's the pimp, too. I don't know. I mean, man, just look at him there, flaunting his stuff. How old are those girls in that video, by the way? Did we ever get an age verification there? How's Hunter Biden's, um, how's Hunter Biden's son doing that he doesn't invite to the Christmas dinners or the White House? How's that son? Does Joe Biden know about that? So we, uh, I mean, the stories just continue. Massive fire has just broken out in Buffalo, New York, and it may be deadly at this point. Massive fire in Buffalo, New York could potentially be deadly. It's just every day, the new domestic disasters. This is exactly what we warned would happen under Biden's leadership. But it's not just about that. I mean, that's just that's just a moment. That's just an example. It's just this is the collapse of the West. This is the designed collapse and destruction of America. And this is what's happened because people have been so dumbed down and now are just so incompetent that you're just going to see this every day. And it's sad. It's sad to watch America collapse like this. It's sad to watch our cities go to hell like this. And these issues are just going to come to a head and get even more obvious and worse. But my goodness, you want to talk about brainwashing. You want to talk about propaganda. Matt Baker out in San Diego has just found something. I mean, wow. At a gas station... They have a Putin effigy that you can fight and beat up, I guess, for a discount at the pump. Matt Baker just sent me this video, and so I watched it. Um, Do we have it ready to go, guys? Watch 
this from a San Diego gas station. Matt Baker reporting. So here we go. The mind control knows no bounds. We have a, a dummy, which looks like some kind of BDSM deal here with Putin's face on it. You get to punch for a minimum donation of $1. You get to punch your most hated with your moment of rage. Very 1984 moment of rage action. Putin. You doing all right? You doing all right, buddy? Hey, everybody's hating on Putin, but, you know, he's doing all right. You know, taking on the New World Order here. So, uh, you're all right, Putin. And they got a little donation box there. Punch Putin. Donate here. And people actually do it. They go punch a little, uh, little dummy bag there. I mean, what in the hell is going on in this country, man? What in the hell is going on? Hey, uh, I punched Putin today. <laughs> I went and I punched a beanbag. I threw, I punched Putin in the mouth. I'm a tough guy. I fight Vladimir Putin at a gas station. Well, it's a dummy wearing a Putin mask, but I, I'm tough. I'm tough. It only cost me a dollar. I can barely afford it in Biden's America, but it's so worth it. To punch Putin. I got to punch Putin. Ooh, I'm tough. I'm strong. Yeah. I beat Putin up. <laughs> freaks. Absolute freaks. But see, this is what it's really all about. World Economic Forum panelists boasts the globalists are working on tracking where you shop, what you eat, where you travel, and how you travel. Let me just break this down for you. And I hope that this video, 10 years from now, is not seen as prophetic. But unless we change the course of human history, this is exactly what life on planet Earth in America is going to be like in 10 years. And I got a little taste of this. It's something I'd never seen before. Apparently, this already existed, I guess, at some Amazon stores or maybe Whole Foods stores. I, I, I'd never seen this before. And I talked about it the other day at a, at a soccer game here where you walk into this market. It's like a little market with a bunch of refrigerators for drinks and stands for popcorn and chips and such. And, and there's a little doorway, a little arm like a subway. And you put your chip, your, your debit card chip, on the chip reader and the doorway opens and then there's a bunch of facial recognition and scanning going on that follows your movements and tra traces and tracks you that just put your card in and then whatever you grab, whatever beverage you grab, you grab a water, a soda, a beer, a bag of popcorn, the, the AI with your facial recognition sees what you grabbed and charges your card. Now in the future, this is what every storefront is going to look like and you'll have a microchip implanted probably in your wrist or in your hand or something and you'll flash your little microchip and if you've got good social credit then it'll let you in the store if you've been if you've taken your most recent death jab if you've taken your most recent shot of poison and and, and you know pharmaceutical poison as long as you're in good social standing okay you flash your microchip and then the door opens up for you and then you get to go about your shopping. And, oh, you're getting shopping. Oh, it's so convenient. It's so great. And, hey, by the way, I I'm all about convenience. 
let me let me be clear here. I'm not a Luddite. I'm okay with technological advancements making our lives easier. I am perfectly fine with technological advancements making our lives easier. Absolutely. But see, it's not about making our lives easier. It's about making us controllable. That's what it's about. And so you flash your microchip, you get access to the store, you flash your microchip, you can turn your car on, you flash your microchip, you can go to the doctor, but oh, if you're not in good social standing, if you didn't take your most recent injection, if you didn't take your most recent pharmaceutical pill, if you didn't go to your gay sensitivity training class, if you said fag, well, see, now your social credit is is bad and you've been dinged and now you go to the grocery store and you you s slide your wrist and your microchip over the scanner and it says Doo -doo -doo, and it gives you a little red mark and it says sorry no food for you today you you said a bad word sorry no access for you today you didn't take your vaccine you need to go get a booster oh you want to fill your car up with gas oh sorry you need to take a shot you want to start your car Boop, boop, boop. Oh, sorry, you can't start your car today. You've got a bad social credit score. What's the name of that episode in Black Mirror that's all about this with um, Ron Howard's daughter? Forget her name. Black Mirror. Like season three, episode one, I think. Called Nosedive, thank you. And it's all about this woman who has a bad day and her social credit score, which was pretty good. She really takes her social credit score seriously. She's always nice to everybody, always doing exactly what she's told to do and walking between the lines and smiling even if she's bad because got to get that digital credit score up so I can get access and live my life. And then she has one bad day and her social credit score goes to zero and she can't drive a car. She can't rent a car. She can't buy food. Her whole life gets destroyed. Yeah, that's the future. And that's why it's all, it's all synthetic. You get forced to pretend like you're happy. You get forced to pretend like you're satisfied. You get forced to pretend like everything is fine and dandy and it's all a facade. It's all an act. Who would ever want to live like that? A total fraudulent world. Everybody faking it. I'm good. Thanks. But that's what it's all about. That's where it all really goes. And then the threat becomes, well, what happens when the grid goes down? And what happens when all the things that made it possible to operate shut down? Like what's going on in South Africa. Red alert, South Africa on verge of total civilizational breakdown as electric grid collapses. And uh-oh... The electric grid collapses, and now you can't even survive. That is, unless, of course, you're prepared for that. If you catch my drift. But that's just one aspect. But this is the digital slavery that they want to put us into. Now, I haven't even had a minute to check, but we'll, we'll, we'll see if I can take Alex to the local Austin FC soccer game here for him to see this. And we'll do a little video and I'll do a little report. And see, the trick is to, the trick is to actually 
and and you know infowars may not be the best at this at times we're a little abrasive we're a little aggressive uh you know but the trick is to go in there and say wow this is so great i can't wait to get a microchip in the digital age so i can be a digital slave and smiling and acting like it's good because getting abrasive and confronting it like that will just turn off a lot of people but if you're like Oh, yeah, you're smiling like, oh, look at this. This is so cool. A microchip gives me access to food and water. I can't wait till that becomes the norm. I can't wait to be a 21st century digital slave. And people will kind of pick up on that subtle sarcasm and it'll make them think like, well, wait a second. What is he talking about? Digital slave, microchip implants. Yeah, that's where the future's going. They're just introducing it to you now, making it seem cool. For decades, I have warned you over and over and over again that powerful multinational corporations are establishing a world government to cut off your resources, drive you into poverty, and then dehumanize you and finally kill you. And we've been absolutely, totally vindicated in that fact. Now it's mainstream news and the world is awakening. But InfoWars wasn't just right about what was gonna happen in the past. We're now breaking down what's gonna happen in the future and now people are really listening and we can stop it together. So our information is paramount. We are literally creating the talking points and the opposition to the new world order. And it's not just myself that is getting the credit here. It's the listeners, the viewers, the, the, the guests, the callers, the brain trust that is InfoWars and everything we do. So when you go to InfoWarsStore.com and get these amazing products, you're doing far more than just keeping this important show on the air. You are also getting great products that empower yourself and your family's stamina, energy, immune system, well-being, way of life, and so much more. And these are incredible products. This is the very best magnesium product out there. It's got the high-end magnesium, not the regular magnesium that's in almost all the other products. It's incredible. Physic magnesium for your entire body, for, for better sleep, for more energy during the day for your metabolic systems, it's all there. Our CBD oil is the highest grade out there. It's been tested by third parties. This stuff sells for 60, 70, 80% in stores, more than what we're selling it for. We've got it in 1,000 milligram, 25 milligram, and 10 milligram, back in stock, InfoWarsStore.com. The Real Red Pill Plus, our nitric boost product, our turmeric product, turmeric 95, highest grade turmeric. It's all available at InfoWarsStore.com and it funds the operation. So only about 1% of our listeners ever buy products. If just 1% more goes and buy the products, we will have all the funding we need to go into the future and more. We Americans are under attack by our own government. We the people have no choice but to once again defend our freedom. This has all happened before, and we can learn much from the American Revolution. Starting in 1763, to pay for debts incurred from a war with France, the British began enforcing new taxes on the American colonies. In response to this, the colonies set up their own parallel government, based on a simple structure of three committees delegated to voice the will of the people. A committee of correspondence to disseminate information, a committee of inspection to enforce Continental Congress decisions, and the most important of the three, a committee of safety 
to act as general executive in the absence of legal authority. These committees stemmed from each community of all the colonies, and each and every local committee of safety had two missions, to provide military support and monitor political affairs. Each community delegated its own representatives to speak on their behalf at the county level and then at the state level, where state legislatures are thereby formed and senators are elected to represent the overall interests of the people in that state. With these committees, the 13 colonies honorably created a parallel government that lawfully nullified British rule this compelled the Crown to take it back by force, which was met by an honorable and lawful defense of the colonies, known as the American Revolution. The three-committee structure that made up this parallel government inspired our U.S. Constitution, a concept of government based upon delegation. Individuals were not elected to rule. Their only purpose was to facilitate and implement the will of the people. It was a government of the people by the people and for the people. Each state was considered to be its own country, which was freely subordinating aspects of its own authority to a federal government. Lawfully speaking, this has never changed, but the federal government of the United States has become bloated with loyalists to the city of London and enemies of we the people. For well over a century, we the people have been coerced into becoming voluntary slaves to a multinational corporate power structure, which has increasingly dumbed us down more and more with each generation. Unconstitutional amendments have been enacted. Constitutional limits of representation have been ignored. And by accepting Federal Reserve banknotes, we have made ourselves a dishonorable nation of debtors. By continually contracting with the corporate U.S. being operated out of the Washington, D.C. city-state, Americans are perpetually surrendering their constitutional sovereignty in return for corporate benefits. We share a common enemy with our founding fathers. Today we call them globalists. Back then, they called them British, a foreign power exploiting the will and destiny of Americans. And back then, their remedy was the Committee of Safety. This is happening again today. Communities are forming their own Committees of Safety. An excellent example is Santa Rosa County, Florida, where the Recall Florida movement sprang from, which seeks to empower the citizens of Florida with the ability to recall county commissioners for corruption, malfeasance, and neglect of duty. The county sheriff is charged with upholding the supreme law of the Constitution. And with your county government in line with your county sheriff, citizens of that county will have the lawful parallel government they need to liberate themselves from contracts made with the corporate U.S. Because the powers held by the sheriff supersede those of any government official when in the jurisdiction of that county. The PSYOP today is meant to make you feel dependent upon the federal government, but that has always been your choice. And it's not the only choice. You can contact your local sheriff and ask him about his oath to uphold the Constitution. You can form committees of safety, and you can lawfully purge your local government of corruption. But it requires action, and time is quickly running out. 
Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. And we're joined now by Dr. Andrew Huff once again here on The Alex Jones Show. And Andrew, it's good to have you with us today. And I'm just going to lay it out and give you the chance to respond. For three years, we're told, did not come out of a Wuhan lab, nothing to do with the Institute of Virology in Wuhan. Stop talking about Fauci's involvement. Stop talking about the Western funding it. Stop it. You'll be censored. You'll be silenced. You'll be attacked. You'll be called a liar. And now three years since, now they're telling us, yes, it was the Wuhan lab. Yes, it came from China. Yes, it was made in a lab. This is the truth now, without any shame, by the way. They changed their story, as if you won't remember. So, Andrew, how do you respond to this? How do you analyze this? And, and, and what do you think is really going on here? Well, a number of things. So the first thing is the so-called experts that have been on TV, been put out in front of the media, Hey, these are experts. They never go in. They weren't experts. And the people that were censored um, were smeared. The fringe uh, epidemiologists like myself, we're the real experts. And, it, you know, it's, it's sort of humbling now that this is all coming to the surface. But what's really going on here is that the U.S. government is doing two things. They're trying to get ahead of a lot of bad news that's likely to make it into the mainstream. And they're also trying to change the narrative. So the first part of this is that the National Laboratory System um, is run by the Department of Energy. This is actually the second report related to COVID origins that has been put out. The first one came out from Lawrence Livermore Laboratory, the intelligence division there in June of 2021. Uh, the second one is actually from Los Alamos National Laboratory. It was our sister laboratory when I worked at Sandia National Laboratories in this very area. Now, they're great scientists, they're top-notch people. Uh, a lot of them have top secret clearances and access to intelligence and technology that the rest of the science uh, scientific community does not. So with pushing out this new report, you know, there's a couple of interesting things. It's I think I've been one pushing the narrative, pushing the envelope here. Um, so this past week, if there's still been eavesdropping on my communications, um, I had met with a number of producers and filmmakers in Hollywood, and I got a big picture, full feature movie deal for my book. So they're going to try to get ahead of that. The other thing that's happening here is that Congress asked a number of different people involved in this conspiracy to come in and testify politely first. And now I don't believe that they've responded. That'd be Dr. Peter Daszak, Dr. Fauci, these type of people. And they're going to have to now subpoena these individuals to have them come in because I don't think they've responded. And I've been asked to testify in front of the COVID Permanent Select Committee in the House. And I haven't received a formal letter yet. It was an informal ask. But all of this is coming to a head in a hurry. Uh, on top of it, you know, someone's going to have to answer for the classified data set. Um, well, technically not classified, the one that I possess, because it was classified after the fact. But I made this in an uh, open source environment, which was stolen from my house, likely by the FBI, the Michigan State Police and the Defense Intelligence Agency or the CIA. I think those are the characters involved. And they could have been working with potentially the Chinese government to smear me and make my life miserable. So all these terrible stories are bubbling to the surface. They can't get away from it. And what's happening is now they want to pivot the narrative so that they can pin this all on China. They're not talking in the news and the mainstream media too much about, you know, the terrible response, the fact that numerous U.S. government agencies really screwed this up by giving this advanced gain of function technology from Ralph Barrick's laboratory to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The intelligence community dropped the ball here with exporting this technology to the Chinese to snoop on their lab. Um, I mean, this is just one one government screw up 
on top of another, which results in this laboratory leak or potentially uh, intentional release by the Chinese. But the U.S. government wants to pin this all on China. China is bad. And they certainly have a lot of uh, blame here. But the thing that's important for you and the audience to understand, there would have been no laboratory leak or intentional release unless we would have delivered our advanced biotechnology to the Wuhan Institute of Virology via my former employer, EcoHealth Alliance. These are all hard facts. These are the real grifters in the world. You know, everyone accused uh, the, the fringe epidemiologists of being grifters. These people are the grifters. They were taking the money. They sold our country out. We had our rights, our rights restricted. And then they uh, foisted off a patent uh, medicine, basically snake oil, these mRNA jabs, to the population as all part of the cover-up. And the other reason why I think they're sort of wagging the dog here with China is that, you know, if you look at how the, what I refer to as the uniparty in the Congress and the Senate, it doesn't seem like too many people are opposed to kicking off World War III. Everyone's trying to, to increase the amount of funding and foreign aid going to Ukraine. Um, and now we have Russia and China, China forming an alliance, which really isn't surprising in my mind. So, you know, what's really going on here? Well. I think, you know, it's my belief that the entire Ukraine conflict is a big cover up for this failed um, COVID operation from the U.S. government. Now, it's interesting because you're adding some perspectives here that I, I wasn't really considering. I, I kind of looked at more of your, your latter take of this is more to do with the situation in Ukraine, China backing Russia, China aligning with Russia geopolitically in the, in the larger issues. And so now the U.S. kind of like, hey, China, be careful, we'll blame you for COVID-19. But you think maybe there's something domestically going on here. And by the way, these aren't just grifters. I mean, we're talking about these are full-blown fascist authoritarians. I mean, a grifter maybe shows up and tricks you into giving him money. These people force you into their tyranny. But so you think maybe this whole thing is about to blow wide open. And, and what are they trying to get out ahead of it to maybe soften the blow a little bit or say, oh, it was an accident? I mean, why why this domestic strategy of accepting that it came from China and trying to convince the American people it came from China ahead of these potential testimonies from Fauci, Dasik and others? Well, it's really in response to the psychological operation that myself and a few other individual scientists, lawyers have been waging back against the government. And our strategy from day one is to pin these people against each other. And it's a divide and conquer strategy, just like they've been waging against the American people. And we've been doing it back against them through lawsuits and another number of other means or books, um, social media. And it's been effective. And now what it's looking like is nobody wants to be left holding the bag or be held accountable in the government. So they're all starting to point the finger at the people responsible. So I think FBI Director Christopher Wray is now trying to pin the Director of National Intelligence saying, well, you know, don't talk to me about this. Go talk to her. And that's where I believe uh, I believe actually I agree with Director um, Ray that that's where a lot of the blame here probably lies. Um, you know, this is just an insane story. I wish that these people would stop trying to um, foist the blame off on each other and, and, you know, playing politics and trying to preserve themselves and just stand up and, and address this issue um, face on so or head on so we can get on with our lives and, and resolve this problem. And what it really calls for is a domestic ban on gain of function. We need to ban these poisonous mRNA jabs like they're doing uh, in Europe. Every every day there's another announcement in, from a European country, it seems like, where they're uh, banning the boosters and not recommending them for another segment of the population. So you take a look at what's happening in the United States. I mean, they're still recommending boosters for, for people. And that's all part of the, the COVID cover up. Well, it sounds like they're going to be victims of their own propaganda because it was the American media mostly. I mean, it was it was all around the world, but 
They were the ones telling us, oh, COVID is so deadly. We need to close our businesses. We need to close our schools. We need to lock down. We need to devastate the economy. We need to wear masks. We need to take all these vaccines. They were the ones that built it up as the worst pandemic in human history. And, and now they're, they're going to have to deal with that. They created that narrative. If they would have been honest from the beginning, you know, maybe they could have lightened the blow to them. But since they're the ones that sold this as the worst pandemic in U.S. history, now they're going to have to face it as the worst pandemic in U.S. history that, that they potentially caused. So I look at this as their own propaganda is what's haunting them now. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. And the interesting thing here that you have to remember is that it was with in part by partnership with the Department of Defense through the National Institute of Allergens and Infectious Diseases, that's Dr. Fauci, for these uh, bioweapon countermeasures and medical medical countermeasure uh, platforms like mRNA. And that you know, Department of Homeland Security actually has a, their their finger in that pie as well because they all want a rapid response uh, platform for bio warfare, bioterror, and pandemics. So you know, never let a good opportunity go to waste the pharmaceutical industry is all too happy to produce this dangerous product with no liability and if you know the, the one thing i like to po uh, point out to people this has been in plan for a long time the mrna um, sequence used genetic sequence that was used in the actual vaccine um, was patented in 2016, and there might be other couple of pet patents from 2015, 2014, by Moderna. And there's a material transfer agreement from Dr. Ralph Barrick's laboratory in partnership with NIH to Moderna in December right, this, 2019. This is big. We're hitting a break right now. Dr. Andrew Huff, hold that thought. Dr. Andrew Huff with us here on the Alex Jones Show. Owen Schroyer filling in for Alex. And I wanted Andrew to get back into the mRNA story about this being years in advance from 2014, 15, 16 documents. And then I want to play the Chris Ray clip from with uh, Brett Baer. But uh, I, I don't want what you were saying before the break to go forgotten. So, so let's just repeat this for folks to understand. It wasn't just that they ran the pandemic exercise just before the COVID pandemic, which was beyond suspicious how that went down, but no, they had the mRNA technology ready to go for years and they couldn't get the excuse to put it into your body because every time they tested it, it killed all the animals in the lab testing. So with the emergency use authorization during the pandemic, perfect opportunity, put that mRNA in your arm. The rest is now history. So uh, Dr. Andrew Huff, talk about what you got into before you were cut off by the break and just lay it all out again. Yeah, sure. So how this functionally works at EcoHealth Alliance, there's a program called USAID Predict, and this is what forms the relationships with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, uh, the University of North Carolina, Ralph Barracks Laboratory, and the University of Columbia, uh, Dr. Ian Lipkin. So the viral isolation work happens at Columbia University. They're collecting the bats in the caves. That's done between EcoHealth Alliance and different members of uh, Chinese government agencies in China and other places around the world to get the genetic material. Then that genetic material goes into different databases, either owned by EcoHealth Alliance or the US government. And then some of those sequences become patented while they're, while they're worked, on, worked on in Ralph Barrick's laboratory and also by Moderna, which was a startup company to develop our mRNA technology. So when the pandemic happens, when it kicks off in the fall, uh, early uh, late summer, early fall of 2019, they, they get to work. They know exactly what they have to do. And, and one of the things that they they 
have to do is they have to sign a material transfer agreement to transfer the biotechnology from Dr. Ralph Barrick's laboratory um, to Moderna in partnership with NIH. And that's signed off by all these individuals. I think it was in mid to late December in 2019. And that's, think about that. That's before they're telling anyone around the world um, that there's a pandemic going on. And the only people that were talking about this um, pneumonia-like illness were people like me, um, infectious disease epidemiologists and detectives, so, so to say. And so... At what point did we know this virus was going around, do you think? Oh, without a doubt. I believe the U.S. government finds out about it in probably September or October of 2019. I think all the, the globalist types, so the Gates, the Soros of the world, um, large corporations, they find out about the pandemic in that same time frame because they have intelligence uh, units or operations which are very similar to the U.S. government. And a lot of these people are ex-military or ex-intelligence who are working in these private intelligence centers for corporations or high-wealth individuals. And they use the same types of methods to collect information. And the other thing that happens here is these, these politicians, these high-wealth individuals, the globalists, um, multinational corporations, they share information, they talk. And Everyone gets on the same page or the same, um, I guess, the, the same play. They start operating from the same playbook together. I think they had different incentives to why they wanted to do that. I think some people want to get rich. Some people want to, some organizations want to consolidate power or attain power. But they all get on the same uh, playbook together. And that's probably by early October of 2019. So even when they were running the pandemic exercise, event 201 is what it's called. Even when they were running that, the virus was already spreading. It was already going on. They knew it. Yeah, and that's a fact. And so from a number of epidemiologists that went and analyzed blood bank donations. So blood bank donation survey as a historical record. And, you know, if someone donated blood in October of 2019 and you go analyze the serology of that blood and you find a positive hit for COVID and you find it among, among a bunch of other people, then you can go ask those people, well, who are you in contact with? And a lot of those cases, um, when they did that analysis, they found COVID and the cases traced back to Wuhan, China. And a number of different scientists replicated that work around the planet. Um, it's funny that we haven't done too much of that in the United States. And then, if, as you recall, there's a number of people on the West Coast of the United States who reported pneumonia-like illness in November and December of 2019. And I was actually living in the Bay Area at the time, and I came down with something strange. I thought it was the flu. Knocked me flat on my back for a few days, but I recovered. Yeah, same thing with me in December. I uh, spent uh, about 30 hours in a D.C. jail and uh, I came out of there sick as a dog. I mean, sicker than I've ever been. And uh, like you, I was just like, oh, I just got a bad flu or whatever, knocked out on my ass for about a week. And I never get sick. So, I mean, I knew it was bad. I obviously assumed it was from jail. But then we realized later, well, maybe it was COVID. I don't know. I never got the, the test. Really didn't make a difference to me. But I want to play this clip of the FBI Director Chris Ray with Brett Baer talking about the lab origins and get your response to it. Here it was over the weekend, Chris Ray and Brett Baer on Fox News. What is the determination by the FBI? So, uh, as you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. We step back for a second. You know, the FBI has folks, agents, professionals, analysts, 
virologists, microbiologists, etc., who focus specifically on the dangers of biological threats, which include things like novel viruses like COVID, uh, and the concerns that, that in the wrong hands, some bad guys, a hostile nation state, a terrorist, a criminal, the threats that those could pose. So here you're talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government controlled lab that killed millions of Americans. And that's precisely what that capability uh, was designed for. I should add that, uh, that our work related to this continues. And there are not a whole lot of details I can share that aren't are classified, I will just make the observation that the Chinese government seems to me has been doing its best to try to thwart and obfuscate uh, the work here, the work that we're doing, the work that our U.S. government and, and close foreign partners are doing, um, and that's unfortunate for everybody. Pretty aggressive rhetoric from Chris Ray, considering we were told not to talk about it three years ago. Uh, Andrew, your response. Yes, he seems quite nervous uh, when he first takes, when he's responding to that the line of questioning. And the the thing that you have to look at here, he's trying to pin all the blame on China, and only if the Chinese are more forthcoming. Well, a bunch of smart people um, around the planet, all working independently, has figured out exactly what happened. I mean, of course, the Chinese lied in the the data that they released and the information that they released. The, you know, what might be classified here is that likely the Department of Defense, the, the Defense Intelligence Agency, um, and a number of other intelligence organizations within the U.S. government likely learned about this in September, October of 2019. And, you know, here's just a personal fact from my story is that DARPA tried to uh, recruit me as the program officer in the biologics division um, for these programs. And they tried to do that in 2019, uh, October or September 2019. I believe that they did that to silence me. So I wouldn't be doing exactly what I'm doing now. Um, the, the, the strangest thing, and, you know, some more evidence for this is that they called me on a brand new cell phone number, which none of my past contacts had in the classified space. I was contacted by a woman that I used to work with, Dr. Amy J Jenkins. And it's just, you know, you start to look at all the circumstantial evidence here. And, and I know what the capabilities that the U.S. government has to, to detect these emerging infectious disease outbreaks. He's being less than forthright and he's trying to pin all uh, the blame to China when much of the blame uh, lands on the intelligence community, the Department of Defense, and our health agencies here in the United States. All right, we're up against a break. I got follow-up questions for you on the other side. Don't go anywhere, folks. All right, you were just breaking down some pretty amazing stuff there ahead of the break, and I wanted to just see if I understood this correctly. You were getting calls from government officials on a phone number that they had no way of having access to? Is that what I was hearing? That's correct. So I had taken a new job at Jewel uh, Labs out in San Francisco. And when I moved, I changed my phone number. It was the first time I had done it uh, in my adult life. And there's no way that any of these officials would have had this phone number unless they had used law enforcement or intelligence uh, techniques to, to, to get it. So why, what, what is the significance of that? Why were they so desperate to track you down? You think it was because they were afraid you'd eventually become, uh, we'll say, a whistleblower? Exactly. I mean, so I had worked on, in the national laboratories uh, with the Department of Homeland Security, Department of Defense, and other three-letter agencies um, in this area. So I knew, you know, I know things on the classified side, and I know the open source side, and know the intelligence collection methods uh, for health and, and biosurveillance. 
and I had worked at Eco Health Alliance, and they probably were scared that I was going to come out and do exactly what I'm doing now. Well, and I guess it's too bad that others didn't have your foresight and others didn't see where this was going like you did, because there's no doubt to me, part of this operation of getting all the members of the media involved, getting all these politicians involved, getting all these doctors involved is so that when it comes out, you know, whatever the truth is about COVID or the vaccines, when it comes out, they're now going to be liable. They're now going to be culpable. So they're not going to want to call it out. They're not going to want there to be justice served because that means it's coming for them too. How much of that do you think is going on? Oh, I think that's, I think you nailed it. I think that's exactly what's happening. This is why you're seeing the pivot right now by the, the U.S. government to, to blame China. Everything, I think over the next week to two weeks, until this narrative falls apart, it's going to be blame China because if it, people eventually catch on. The, the, these were U.S. programs that gave the, this biotechnology, the biological materials to China. Now, I think what's going to be more interesting here is how China decides to shape the narrative in response to this. So if I were China, what I would do is I'd simply point back at the United States and say, well, these were your programs and we did this in partnership with you. You knew exactly what you were doing here. You gave all this to us. And, you know, yeah, accidents happen. I think that would be a smart response from the Chinese because that that sort of shows them taking the higher ground here and then makes the United States look like a bunch of idiots. Yeah. And I would even go as far to say, I, I don't even think China would care enough to apologize. They don't have to. The Chinese communists don't have to answer to the Chinese people. They can, they can do whatever the hell they want. They can lock them up, kill them, take their kids. So they, they don't, giving an excuse to what they were doing to the Chinese people is not an issue for them. Now, the disconnect is going to be how the U.S. media covers it or if the U.S. media covers it at all. Because what I see, the phenomenon here is that the Chinese really don't care. They don't care what the U.S. media reports. They don't have to care what the U.S. media reports. And they don't have to do narrative control like the U.S. media has to do. My fear is that this really is going to be used as justification for China to get further involved in whatever type of a war against America just like Russia says, hey, you guys are the ones expanding. You guys are the ones putting biolabs in Ukraine. You guys are the ones putting missiles on our doorstep. Now China's going to say, well, wait a second. You guys are the ones funding the research. You guys are the ones wanting us to do this gain-of-function research. You're not going to blame us for the pandemic. You're going to be the ones held to account. I mean, to me, this is like a big a big punch to the backside, the blind side of your head, a quarterback getting sacked from the blind side. And I don't think the American people realize what's about to happen here. Well, I don't know what's really going to happen either after all this comes to light. The, and this is exactly why the, the politicians in the United States, specifically in the House, the Senate, and the bureaucrats, have been all been trying to kick the can down the road for as long as they can because I don't think anybody quite understands how this is going to play out. And this is why it's so important for the United States to take the lead right now, admit that there's a problem, admit that they screwed up, and take care of the our issues and clean house. A simple way to solve these issues would be for the FBI to go and arrest Dr. Anthony Fauci, Dr. Peter Daszak, Dr. Ian Lipkin, start there and, and bring charges against these people through the Department of Justice for negligent homicide. I think that'd be very easy to prove. Now, the problem is why they don't want to do that. Well, Dr. Daszak will probably go back and say, well, I was working with the CIA and the intelligence community and the Department of Defense, and you guys asked me to do all this stuff. But here's the thing. That doesn't absolve him from anything. Just because the government, the U.S. government asked him to do something that was nefarious, bad judgment, uh, 
uh, violate U.S. policy norms, uh, policy norms and best practices, it doesn't absolve him because the government can, has every legal right to come ask you to do something stupid or illegal. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with it. And at the end of the day, all roads lead back to the Department of Defense. So the emergency use authorization for the mRNA jabs was initiated through wartime procurement acts at the Department of Defense. So it's a wartime procurement act that basically gives the Department of Defense the ability to go to Pfizer, to go to Moderna and say, we need this product, we're gonna grant you immunity, and that's when production begins, and that's how they get the emergency use authorization. It wasn't through NIH, it wasn't through NIAID, even though they're the ones who execute it. Why do you think we see all the bureaucracy and the mainstream media now telling us that it came out of China, but the Biden White House is saying, no, we don't think it came out of China? Do you think that's them kind of leaving China and out that they can still change the narrative? Or do you think the White House is now not really operating in lockstep with the rest of the corrupt bureaucracy? Well, I think our strategy and the psychological operation that we've been waging back against the U.S. government is working. Um, all the agencies, and it's going further up the food chain, they're they're turning against the White House. I think that's what we're seeing here because nobody wants to be held accountable. And the White House wants to continue the psychological operation from their perspective, which is to cast uncertainty, doubt, and fear into the situation. The problem is nobody's buying it. So they're running out of maneuvers or chess moves, so to speak, uh, the longer that this continues. So more and more of the truth keeps to come out. The mainstream media is incre increasingly reporting the truth. And, you know, I don't know when, when this is going to end, but I think this is all going to blow up within the next three or four months or so. Well, at this rate, I mean, the story is not going to go away. And now that the narrative is back in play and being promoted that it came out of China, I mean, the American people, again, we were censored. We were demonized. Uh, doctors had their careers ruined. Uh, you know, I mean, all this stuff that went down and then they get proven right. This is just going to reflare up uh, these issues, these scars, specifically, I think, in the medical community from the doctors that got punished with this for calling out the truth. So, I mean, this is basically just like, uh, you know, trying to trying to ride the bull now that's bucking up and down and. I guess, yeah, the reason why the White House and the bureaucracies are kind of not in lockstep is because everybody's kind of looking around their shoulder like, okay, who's going to get the blame for this? I hope it's not us. Final comments, Dr. Andrew Huff. It'd be real simple for the president to stand up, President Biden, stand up and say we made a mistake and correct all these issues, instruct the Department of Justice and the FBI to go prosecute these individuals. And through those prosecutions, I think the truth would all come out. Boy, oh boy, do you really think they would burn one of their greatest agents Anthony Fauci of all time. I mean, imagine the skeletons and imagine the bodies that he knows where they're buried. Well, is anybody going to listen to him? I mean, you think about it. So once there, there's criminal charges brought against him, um, the U.S. government's ability to censor him and restrict what he can do, you know, if he's actually even released, uh, you know, on bail they can bar him from speaking with the media or a number of other, there's a number of other things that the U S government can do. And, you know, if they want to be sneaky about it, like they did with everybody else, they can just do it through, uh, you know, back channels with the tech industry. I mean, there, there's ways to restrict his ability to have a voice. So, wow. So now you may have a situation where Fauci and Dasik may have to start operating on their own terms to try to protect themselves. I think that's what, that's where this is headed. Wow. Amazing stuff. Uh, great segments here with Dr. Andrew Huff. Uh, thank you for joining us. Where can people follow for latest breaking news from you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, AG Huff. I just broke 100,000 followers today. It's sort of surreal. I've only been at it for a year and a half. I was anti-social media. I'm also on Getter, uh, AG Huff and Truth Social. 
All right, Dr. Andrew Huff, thank you for your time today. Appreciate it. Great stuff. Good seeing you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I've got one more segment here hosting the Alex Jones Show, and then I'll be back coaching the war room. Plenty of news and more guests coming up today on InfoWars. Do not go anywhere. Well, Democrats, liberals censoring their opposition continues. Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, has just been suspended from Twitter. I forget what it was. What did he do today? Someone in the crew may remind me. What was it he did today that angered him so much? He did something this morning that angered them. I saw it in the news. I, I just didn't print the story. So uh, there you go. The censorship by the tyrants continues. The censorship by the fascists continues. They don't like free speech at all, do they? Here you go. Mike Lee from earlier today. We may have to play this clip. In fact, how long is this clip that we have on the screen, guys? Let's, let's, let's bring that into the can, and, and I'm going to play this clip coming up. This is probably why they banned him. They didn't like what he brought up in the hearing today. And then I've got another hearing clip as well with Merrick Garland and Josh Howley will play. Before I do that, though, ladies and gentlemen, remember, everything we do here is listener-supported by you shopping at InfoWarsStore.com and so many great products to choose from, so many great supplements to choose from. I have to tell you, got a good night sleep last night thanks to Down and Out Liquid Sleep Support from InfoWarsStore.com. Really had a great night's sleep, nice deep sleep last night thanks to Down and Out Liquid Sleep Support. And I have to tell you, too, that um, I also took some of the fish oil and krill oil before going to bed. Had some pretty intense dreams as well. So a nice, deep sleep, thanks to Down and Out Liquid Sleep Support at InfoWarsStore.com. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have trouble sleeping and you're like me, even in, I used to actually suffer from severe insomnia at times, uh, haven't had that problem in years now. Have not had that problem in years. And that's mostly thanks to the down and out liquid sleep support formula at InfoWarsStore.com. So if you have trouble sleeping from even bouts of insomnia to just restlessness or the mind can't stop going, try down and out liquid sleep support from InfoWarsStore.com. Get better sleep and stress support with this formula. I'm speaking from experience, ladies and gentlemen. It works for me, and uh, it's really hard to shut my mind off. And uh, sometimes when, when I'm going through insomnia stages, it's just like you just can't sleep at all, the restlessness. But no, don't deal with that anymore. Thanks to Down and Out Liquid Sleep Support, InfoWarsStore.com. And by the way, it's currently 40% off, 40% off liquid sleep support, Down and Out Liquid Sleep Support right now at InfoWarsStore.com. Folks, I'm telling you, it's no joke. Down and out. Good night. 40% off. InfoWarsStore.com. All right, let's do this. You guys are pulling in the Mike Lee clip that probably just got him banned. Let's go, though, to the Josh Howley clip here, clip 12. And uh, again, Merrick Garland on the stand, and he's getting the what for from the good members of Congress like Josh Howley here in clip 12. Do we have the Mike Lee clip? 
Okay, here's Hallie. Attorney General Garland, let, let me just ask you, d does your department have a problem with anti-Catholic bias? Uh, our department um, is, uh, 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 protects all religions um, and all ideologies. It does not have uh, any uh, bias against any religion of any kind. Well, you could have surprised me because given the resources that you are expending and the apparently intelligence assets that you are deploying against Catholics, it appears, and other people of faith, while simultaneously turning a blind eye while people are executed gang style on the streets of our cities, including in my home state, I, your answer frankly surprises me. Let's talk about the Mark Houck case, for example. You've been asked about this already today, and frankly, your answers really astound me. This is a case where a Catholic pro-life demonstrator, father, was accused of disorderly conduct in front of an abortion center. The local prosecutor, the Philadelphia district attorney, who is a Democrat, a liberal, very progressive, declined to prosecute. There was a private suit that got dismissed. And then after all of that, your Justice Department sent between 20 and 30 armed agents in the early morning hours to the Houck's private residence to arrest this guy after he had offered to turn himself in voluntarily. Here's the photo once again. You can see the long guns. You can see the ballistic shields. You can see that they're wearing bulletproof vests. Why did the Justice Department do this? Why did you send 20 to 30 SWAT-style agents and a SWAT-style team to this guy's house when everybody else had declined to prosecute and he'd offered to turn himself in? Determinations of how to make arrests under arrest warrants are made based uh, by the tactical operators um, in the uh, district. They are not but you surely looked into it by this point, right? They, you, you know the answer, surely. They, all I know is what uh, the FBI has said, which is that they made the decisions on the ground as to what was safest and easiest. So you do not agree with your description of what happened on the scene. You don't it's agree exactly with my what description. Happened. I'm pointing out what the photo is. There are agents here who have long guns and I ballistic mean, shields. Let's take a look at this. Merrick Garland, what an absolute piece of trash. And by the way, more Josh Howley, please. Oh, I I'm Merrick Garland. Uh, here here's a video of the incident we're talking about. Well, uh, I, I, don't dis I disagree with what I'm seeing in the video. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's what's going on at all. Like, oh, here's the video, here's the raid, here's the guns, here's the shields, here's the Department of Justice doing it, you're the head of it. Uh, what, is your, what, what is your response? Well, I, I just disagree with what I'm seeing in that video. I, I don't think that's what happened at all. We're being dominated by lesser men. We're being dominated and, 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 and looked down upon by absolute scumbag nitwit punks and pricks. Like Merrick Garland, who, who was going to, they thought he was going to be a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, I think your career's done now, buddy. Howley's putting you to rest here. Continue. Of what happened on the scene. Oh, you don't agree oh with my God. description. Oh, oh. I'm pointing out what the photo is. There are agents here who have long guns and ballistic shields. Let's take a look at the hardened criminals that your Justice Department sent these armed agents to go terrorize on that morning. Here they are. Here they are at mass. Here's the seven children with Mr. Houck and his wife. In this early morning, they were all at home. Mrs. Houck has said repeatedly, the children were screaming, they feared for their lives. 
You've got these agents demanding that he come out. They've got the guns, she said, pointing at the house and at them. He has offered to turn himself in. And this is who you go to terrorize. What's really interesting to me is this seems to directly contradict your own right, memorandum. I, I want to pull this down for a second because I want to play the Mike Lee clip that's apparently gotten him banned. Uh, Merrick Garland, not honorable. Merrick Garland, a, a, a small little, he's a punk ass bitch. Now let's go to Mike Lee giving him the what for that he's now been suspended from Twitter for doing. Here it is. DOJ has announced charges against 34 individuals for blocking access to or vandalizing abortion clinics. And there have been over 81 reported attacks on pregnancy centers, 130 attacks on Catholic churches since the leak of the Dobbs decision, and only two individuals have been charged. So how do you explain this disparity uh, uh, by reference to anything other than politicization of what's happening there? The FACE Act applies equally to uh, efforts to um, uh, damage, uh, blockade uh, um, 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 clinics, whether a pregnant uh, uh, resource, uh, whether they are a pregnancy resource center uh, or whether they are an abortion center. It applies equally in both cases, and we apply the law equally. Um, I will say you are quite right. There are many more prosecutions with respect uh, to the um, um, blocking of the uh, um, of the abortion centers, but that is generally because they are, those actions are taken in, uh, with photography at the time, um, uh, during the daylight, and uh, seeing the person who did it is uh, quite easy. Um, the, those who are attacking the pregnancy resources centers, uh, which is a horrid thing to do, are doing this at night. Um, in the dark, we have put full resources on this. Uh, we have uh, uh, crap. Asked, uh, put uh, um, uh, rewards out for this. Um, the Justice Department and the FBI have made uh, outreach to Catholic um, and All right. other uh, uh, We're uh, out of time here. Kate Daly hosting the fourth hour. I will be back hosting the War Room. with. We got a couple of great guests, Hotep Jesus and Jamie Mitchell from Gays Against Groomers with content you're not even going to believe today. It's literally strip clubs for kids now, and they call it LGBTQ. Merrick Garland, what a sad excuse for a man. That's like a, that's like a cockroach alien landing on us and dominating us, and he's just a tiny little nitwit. What an embarrassment. What an absolute embarrassment. Right now, I'm not talking to the viewers and listeners that have gone to InfoWarsStore.com and gotten the great products that enrich your life, that empower your immune system and your body and keep us on air. I am humbly, hat in hand, talking to the viewers and listeners that have tuned in, many of you for years, and never gone to InfoWarsStore.com. We know the vast, 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 vast majority of you never actually go to InfoWarsStore.com and never experience these great products and never find the operation. Sure, you share a link, you share an article, you tell folks about the show, that's great and I thank you. But we need funds to operate, plus we've got really great products that do amazing things for people like our CBD oil and our Fizzy Magnesium and our Sleep Aid and our Nitric Oxide and our Real Red Pill Plus. All of these are really great products that keep us on air, plus you're missing out on having these products. So get off the bench, get in the game, step to the plate and go to InfoWarsStore.com right now and get these great InfoWars products at InfoWarsStore.com.
Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. So happy to be here today. I'm Kate Daly from katedalyradio.com, The Kate Daly Show. Nice to be with you. I have a tremendous guest for you today that you must hear from. He grew up in East Germany, was a communist, and will address what changed him, how the people exposed the infiltrators, over here we call them the CIA and the FBI, and how the people overturned tyrannical rule in East Germany. This is a story everybody needs to hear because in our situation right now and the freedom loss that we're getting daily, we need to understand how to overturn this with the population that we have. We can learn so much from this story. But before I go there, before I bring on Harold Zeger, who is amazing, he's amazing. I wanna give you three truth bombs to start out. I wasn't here last week, and I'm gonna talk about that in just a moment. The news wants you to focus on derailments. I noticed this as Fox News and CNN were constantly now reporting every derailment. We have had derailments in this country, usually two to four a day, but now they're focusing on them because they want to focus on them, which tells you what? The news, the media, the mainstream, it's always opposite. If they're saying focus on the train derailments, don't focus on them. Then they become a distraction. And I'm not talking about the chemical spill in Ohio. I'm talking about all the other train derailments. And that's really important to know. That's when you know it becomes a distraction. When Fox News is like, oops, another one. Yeah, it's a distraction. Also, I'm wondering what the ingredients, would that the ingredients that spilled in Ohio, would that cause a black cloud or a white cloud? Just something to think about, you know. And then also, right now, the big news this week is the left is finally embracing China. They're, they're finally saying the Chinese virus. And this is absolutely a story that is there to cement the narrative, okay? Not to highlight the stupidity of the left. That's easy to do. You can highlight that every day. They don't know their history. They don't know context. That's easy. But don't go and don't fall for the low-hanging fruit that they're finally embracing it. They're finally talking about it. All they're doing is cementing a narrative. It did not come from China. It came from here. They just don't want us to focus on that. In fact, if we were blaming China for the 99.9% .9 sniffle, okay, wouldn't they have retaliated? And BlackRock in August of 2020 was very, very sneaky in going in and receiving approval. Approval from who? Yeah, from the Chinese Securities Regulatory Commission to set up mutual fund business in the country. This made BlackRock the first global asset manager to get consent from the Chinese government to start operations in the country, August of 2020. If we were blaming them or we knew or the whole story was staged to come out of China, why would they be able to do that in 2020 when no one was looking, okay? The other thing I wanted to mention before I bring on my great guest, because actually this is why I wanna bring on my great guest. I was at an airport, I, the, the new Harry Reid, little treasonous Harry Reid airport, okay? Harry Reid Airport, um, really they should have just named the commode Harry Reid, the bathrooms, the Harry Reid bathrooms at the airport, but they named the whole airport after him. I was standing in line and as I was standing in line to get accosted by the TSA and felt up by the TSA, I got to, I got to have this moment with, with dogs. Um, halfway through the line, they make you stand on these appropriated gold painted feet and you have to stand on them perfectly. You can't go outside the line. Uh, or you're told by the TSA agent to then put your feet on the gold painted, uh, you know, shoe lines. Then I was told to have this correct pace as I walked forward and I had to have a correct cadence while dogs sniffed my private parts. It was super fun and exhilarating. I don't know what's more exhilarating, dog sniffing me or the TSA agent filling me up. But anyway, 
I just want to mention this because as I was going through this, I was thinking, why? Why are they doing this? And I know the reason because I'm asking you a question I know the answer to. And that is to create another fear factor, a, bo a bomb dog, a, a, a drug dog. It doesn't even matter at this point. But I had to go through this very, very fierce um, 10 feet dogs surrounding me, sniffing me with four agents staring at me, making sure I had the right cadence walk until I got to the actual TSA. Is this program being piloted now? Is Las Vegas Airport one of those pilot programs? I don't know. But we certainly don't live in America. We say, the TSA was bad enough. Now we got dogs. We got bomb dogs. Did a bunch of planes go down that I didn't know about? Why is this happening? We'll come right back with Harold Zeger from Freedom's Nightmare. You're going to want to hear his story. Be right back on The Alex Jones Show. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to The Alex Jones Show. Great to be back with you. I have the most amazing guest, Harold Zeger, and his book is called Freedom's Nightmare. This is a very, very, very important book. You need to have this book and you need to share it with your family. This book um, explains how Harold escaped. Uh, well, not really how he escaped, how, how everything changed in East Germany and why. What did the people actually do to get out from under their tyranny? When I was on a week and a half ago before I was travel, I was traveling last week, but when I was on the week before, I talked about the fact that, hey, the good news is they still have to pull a bunch of false flags in order for us um, to, to come under their control because they still don't have full control of the country, but they're getting close. And that's why I wanted Harold to come on with me today. He's a very inspirational speaker. He speaks all over the country. And let me tell you, this book will talk about why, how they exposed, how did the Patriot groups expose the infiltrators? I bet you want to know that. And how the people did this. Welcome to the show, Harold. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a great honor to be on your show. I am, I am so glad to invite you on the Alex Jones Show because I'm telling you, people need to hear your story. Um, you grew up in East Germany. You were communist. You were brainwashed into thinking that this was for the good of all. What changed that, Harold? Because I think this is so inspirational when you talk about what changed you. Yeah, what, what changed me was a, it was not an overnight experience. It happened over a period of time um, I collided with the, with the system first uh, when I was instructed to guide a um, what they call youth brigade um, to adhere to the uh, rules and regulations for these youth brigades. And um, one of the rules was that the members of the youth brigades were not allowed to date um, non-communist members, non-party members, or members who were in disagreement with the uh, East German communist philosophy. And if they did, then I was required to report those people to the Stasi. Uh, Stasi is the state security police, uh, which was the power tool for the uh, communist party, the Socialist United Party, SUP, in East Germany. And then the Stasi would track these people down and would harass them or whatever. So I, I started not to do that anymore. I, I refused to do it. And then actually in a, in a direct confrontation, I said, I disagree with this kind of policy. I disagree with, uh, we, what do you have to do with the people's private life, right? And uh, I was corrected. I was reprimanded. I was... Uh, removed from a number of positions. At this time, I was 
um, if you want to say an upcoming star uh, in the uh, East German youth movement in our region, I was a leader in uh, youth uh, uh, agita agitation and uh, propaganda training. Um, I had learned all the tools and how to organize meetings, how to organize groups and all these things. And, uh, but I was removed from all these positions because of my resistance to do that. Um, and that was the first shock. Uh, and then I went to the army. Uh, I, we had mandatory army service in East Germany. Um, and that was another eye opener. Um, you are not a human being in a communist army. Now, it wasn't that bad as in, in the Soviet Union. Soviet Union soldiers were actually still beaten by their officers. They had the right to beat a soldier if he, dis, uh, if he, if he did not do exactly what he should do. Now, that was not that bad in the East German army, but there were other things which were absolutely contrary to that, what I had learned over so many years for our great communist uh, development. And then the real shocker, which really disconnected me from everything that was communism, was a um, instruction meeting where once a month, a um, high-ranking high officer would come in and would instruct the groups about the military politics, the politics behind our military, uh, why we have to fight the rotten capitalist West and uh, and all these, these stuffs. And uh, this guy was actually explaining that East Germany had a number of spies uh, in high-ranking positions in NATO. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers the Guillaume affair. Uh, one of the counselors was Councillor Brand. Uh, his personal uh, private secretary was actually a spy for the Stasi. So everything what Councillor Brandt get in his hands was written before or, or read before by a spy of the Stasi. So based on that, the, uh, and then there were several in the in NATO headquarters, women which were used as honey, honey traps, right? Um, right. And he, ex he explained, we will know at least two days before NATO attacks the Warsaw Pact, we will know that and we will attack before. And our main objective is to get to the Fulda Gap, which is a low-level area between two hillsides uh, near the city of Fulda in West Germany. And we have to go through there and have to keep that Fulda Gap open so that the Soviet army forces which come after us can ride, rush through and go to the uh, big harbors Antwerp and Rotterdam. And the main point for that was to capture those harbors to avoid resupply to NATO forces from America. And uh, so one of our soldiers said, hey, sir, but I, I don't think we can do that because I'm working at the fleet here, right? All our tracks and tanks and all that we have are breaking down every time. We have more defect uh, equipment than we have equipment which works. So how do you think we can get there and, and do that. <laughs> if, and the mayor answered, if we are not able to open and keep open that Fulda gap, we'll just get nuked. And there was mm. silence in that room. I mean, it was just unbelievable. 
So that was that was actually official communist strategy, military, uh, what do you call that, policy or whatever. That was in their doctrine, in their military doctrine. If we cannot reach that goal, that will be nuked, and then the Russian troops with their or Soviet troops with their um, nuclear safety equipment, they could go through. We didn't have that stuff, but they had. So that was We're still that was using. We're still using the nuke threat right now. Everything's always ramping up to nukes. I, I looked at a news clip from six years ago that I played on my show, and, and it was, we're about to get nuked. It's about to be World War III. There's always the threat there. It's a very communistic, globalist threat. And everybody everybody freaks out over it every five seconds. Like, we're, like, like, like nukes are biggest problem at this point. I think we have bigger fish to fry. I almost welcome a nuke at this point. And so when we when we talk about your story, when they finally hit your personal life, when they were telling you what kind of girl you could marry, you know, what goes on in the bedroom, what what every single facet of your personal life, that's when you begin to question. That's when you, be, you begin to say, I'm sorry, am I involved in something here? And because at that point you had been pretty successfully brainwashed into the Stasi way, right? We call them Karens over here, but a lot of people telling on everybody. And uh, and you started realizing they were in your private life. That's when it kind of hit you, didn't it? Yes. And then, I mean, there were a number of issues and I, I we don't have the time to explain that also. That's the reason why people should buy the book, right? Um, Freedom's Nightmare. That, yes. that, that nuking, that nuking and, and he expressed it like he is going to buy a cup of coffee, right? Well, we'll nuke you. That, that was enough for me. That was the breaking point. And then I run into that girl. Uh, my mom was in a, in a hospital and next to her in, in, in the bed, there was uh, somebody laying there, which I couldn't see anything, but just a long blonde braid, right? Down on the, on the blanket. And I asked my mom, who's that? Oh, she said, that's a girl. She had an accident and uh, she had a concussion and she needs to lay for 10 days or so. And then a couple of weeks later or so, uh, I was at home again and was sitting in our living room reading. My mom was in the kitchen uh, cooking and suddenly she yells, Harold, Harold, come in here. Christiana is here. And I was, Christiana? Mm -hmm. What you're supposed to marry. We're going to have to go to a break. But that, you know, everybody, everything was picked for you. Everything was decided for you. But you still had that freedom spark in your soul that said something's not right here and started looking at things a little differently. We'll be right back. I'll be right back with Harold Zeger, Freedom's Nightmare on Amazon. Freedom's Nightmare is the book you must get. Be right back. Back here with you on The Alex Jones Show. I'm Kate Daly, your guest host from The Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. My guest is Harold Zeger. He wrote the book Freedom's Nightmare. And let me tell you, it really, it really changed the way I looked at the populace and what we could do as they eradicated East Germany, how the populace did that, how they exposed the infiltrators within their own groups. Very important thing to understand how they did this because they were under full tyranny. They were under full tyranny. We have to remember that. Remember when I talked about the airports and the dogs? When they added that measure for the dogs, there is no reason to measure, to add that. There was no reason to suddenly have drug dogs, bomb dogs. There was no factor that said that that had to happen because of the fact that they can just sit there and say, well, it's another scare tactic and we're all for it and we can add it. We never have to explain to the people why, because the people would never ask. People don't ask why. And that's our problem. Jordan Peterson talked about Solzhenitsyn and said, you know, in the gulag, he said, you know, I had to figure what my part of being in this gulag was. I had to finally 
wrestle with the fact that I put myself there because I allowed all these things to happen. And it really is, uh, Harold is a force of nature because Harold, as he talks about East Germany and he's seeing America fall, as he sees this country disappearing and, and what, what he grew up in, that is happening all over now. In fact, in East Germany, they had files. They had, they had file cabinets on people from the people that would turn them in and, and snitch on them and t- the, the Karens, you know, the tell on them. And so this is such an interesting story. Harold joins me, Harold Zeger, and uh, he speaks all over the country, an amazing, amazing author. Freedom's Nightmare is the book. You must get it. It's at bookstores plus Amazon. And let me tell you, finish your story about the girl real quick, uh, Harold. Yeah. Your mom, your your mother said the, the girl with the long braid was was there to see you. Yeah. I, at first, I had no idea who that is. So uh, to make the story short, we started dating a year later. We married and... Uh, we are married now for 40, 46 years. Now, she was oh, a Christian. So- she grew up in a Christian home. And that was yes. so that when, yes. when we started dating, that was for me a complete contrary world. I had no idea. I mean, I was, I was, what I, what I usually say, God tapped me a couple of times on my shoulder, right? And one of that was a very impressive situation. We were in a, in a city, Dessau. Uh, I was about, I think I was in seventh grade high school, <clears throat> and we went uh, Wednesdays to Sunday school because we were in a um, 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 Lutheran um, ch- child home. My mom was uh, in 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 uh, hospital, and so we were in a in a Lutheran child home. And they sent us to uh, Sunday school on Wednesdays, right after school. And that little church where we went there. That was bombed, firebombed during World War II, and the whole church burned out. But the life-size Christ figure on the front side of the church, scarfed out of a big tree, was not burned. The fire stopped right underneath the feet of that Christian figure. And I was, I mean, it was, for me, it was something, I said, this is horrible. You you can't believe this. This is is shocking. Because it didn't fit with what I, I had learned. So mm. years later, then I, I I get in touch with this with this girl, and uh, we're talking about things like that. And she said, "Why do you think that happened? You are an engineer. You should be able to think about it. You should see through it. You have an analytic mind. Use it, right? Right. So I went right. out. I, I bought a Bible, which is still available in East Germany. They couldn't they couldn't really put everything out." And because of West Germany was there, right? That, that, that was always that counterpart where they had to play games with. So I bought the Bible, went out on sea trip as an engineer on a fishing trawl. It was usually two to three months. And I read the Bible cover to cover. And when we went out, this was March. Everything gray and gray. We come back in end of May. And everything is blooming and flowering and green and red and yellow and colors. And I was standing there on the railing on that on a trawler and I said, this can't happen by chance. The first time I realized that there must be something more behind it. So that brought me more and more into it. And and, uh, two years later, I turned my life to Christ. Um, So, yeah, that is how I I changed. So so tell me how... 
t- just tell me how the small groups started, the, the Patriot groups. Patriots were were developing. They were eager to come together. They wanted this to stop. This is prior to 1990. This is in the 80s. What started happening? What did you start noticing? People started feeling the same way you did? So when I publicly declared that I'm a Christian, I was removed from my job because um, they thought I might use uh, radio systems to spy and send messages out or whatever. Totally stupid, but that was their, they always, this is what, what the Americans don't understand. You are always considered an enemy. You, if you are not one of them, you are an enemy. That's always right. the case. If, if you That's are not one of the controlled, uh, of the control group, you are a controlled group. That's that's what you always have to consider. There is there's nothing in between. You are either an enemy or a friend. So so these groups what, started kind of forming the small groups, right? Like who you could count on, your friends. Yeah. So we we there were a couple of people which I knew, which I trusted with my life, and that is the basic you have to look at. You have to be really look at them and say, okay, if if it comes to the point, he would sacrifice his life for me. Like Jesus Christ said, your best friend, or if you want to show your friendship, uh, is when you sacrifice your life, right, for your friends. And um, with these guys, we started to discuss, and then one of them said, hey, I know some people over there who think like we. Okay, go ahead, talk to them. And then the next one, and the next one, and the next one. So our our group, we were six people, which we meet once once a week, uh, as a so-called youth group in the church, uh, without right. without the pastor, because the pastors were all they were all compromised. They were all paid off. They were all reporting about their church members. And uh, I have a book that is about I don't know what six inches thick, which lists all of the compromised pastors and bishops of the Lutheran Church in East Germany during the Stasi time. So what we what we did was. We met there, we used their their facility, but we were just we. And so we, we, we reached out, every single one of us reached out to one or another guy we knew, just one, and said, hey, we have a group, we don't tell you who it is, but you go ahead and build a group like this with people you can trust with your life. And that was a long time process. When I left East Germany in 1985, that was still growing. There were still not thousands or 10,000 people in those groups, but there were groups all over the place, small groups, five, six, eight, maximum 10 people, where each of them knew another group, but nobody knew all of the groups. That was the key to make sure that if a, from each- if a group gets sprung, it's, it's only that group, right? So right. now, how to how to make sure that these, um, which we called rubber ears, that were the spies for the Stasi, paid, you know, so for a right report. Here. Right here, Harold. We're going to come right back to you right after the break. Everyone wants to know how you expose the infiltrators within the group, because as we know, there's always 15 FBI agents dressed as F- as patriots to one patriot. We're going to find that out with Harold Zeger. The book is Freedom's Nightmare. You must get this book because you got to know the details. Be right back on The Alex Jones Show. Back here with you on The Alex Jones Show. I'm Kate Daly, your guest host from The Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. My guest is Harold Zeger. What a fascinating guest, because having lived through this, 
sort of tyranny, this is such a big help to us to know how to fight it right now. And we should be fighting it right now before it gets as bad as East Germany was. Um, and we really do. We're right in the throes of that. So we need to understand kind of where we're at right now. Harold, come, come back and talk to us about, so these small groups started, you would start with maybe under 10 people, you would meet often, and these were people you trusted with your life. And then you would tell them, okay, meet with the people that you trust with your life. And these small groups started, and then a person from each group would then know another group, but the whole group didn't know another group, just one person, so that it was very kind of compartmentalized, just like they do to us, everything is compartmentalized. But in this way, the Patriots were able to expand the network by knowing that they were connected, they knew of each other, but they didn't know exact things. But these were small groups, kind of like spidering out these very, very small groups. And by the way, you can get a signed copy of Harold's book. He'll actually sign it for you and you can pay him directly. And what is the email address that they do for that, Harold? I already get one from our uh, um, session yesterday. So uh, send me an email to uh, hziger, Z-I-E-G-E-R, at portalmail.com. And uh, as soon as I get the books in my hand, I I just ordered a bunch of, I I don't have them yet. Uh, As soon as I get them in my hand, I will uh, let you know what you have to pay. It's it's probably a a few dollars less than you pay at Amazon because Amazon always puts a ton off. because they oh, also they yeah. also poor right they also poor they need to get money yeah and, right freedom's nightmare and so tell us a bit about these spidering groups and then how you got rid of the infiltrators because the FBI and the CIA are involved in just about every event we know this right and and they're usually there more in spades than actual patriots themselves. So tell us how you expose them, because I think this is so brilliant. So first of all, we we called we 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 coined that word spider uh, system, a spider plan system for it, because the spider plan is actually a very good example for how these groups grew out. Right, the spider plan puts a puts a rope out, touch the ground, and then grows uh, roots there, and then from there it goes again. So that is how we right. that is how we grew to get the infiltrators out. So we called them rubber ear because uh, you know they were that was just uh, the nickname for these people who reported to the Stasi about even uh, brothers and sisters and 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 uh, they, they reported about you. It, I, I I can't go into that. We we don't have the time anyway. So to filter them out, we would create. Uh, fake events. So we would say, for example, I would go into the collective and I would say, hey, tomorrow or on Friday, we will uh, meet at the restaurant XYZ and we will all have a huge sign in hand and we'll uh, we'll say, uh, unite Germany, unite Germany or something like that. And the only guys who would go there were the guys who were the, the spies because everyone in the core groups knew that that is stupid to do it. You get arrested and you get jailed for nothing. Achieved, you wouldn't achieve anything, right? But these people, right. they thought they have something and they would go there and the Stasi would wait for all of us and nothing happened. But the Stasi knew who was the reporters who were the spies, so they didn't arrest them. And that was for us, <laughs> was okay, now we know who you are, right? 
Don't come wow. back. I love and this. I love this. I love this because, you know, you're, you're banking on the fact that these people don't have fear because they know if they get arrested, they're going to be let go. So there's something about that that they're willing to toy with that actually exposes them and outs them because they know nothing's going to happen to them. You would be in fear doing that and you would know that there would be no upside of it. So there's no reason for you to go do that. But they would think that, well, they were proving themselves to you in their mindset, but they also have no fear. And that's something to detect from these people because they truly don't have any fear about getting about getting caught and usually released within 24 hours. And so that's another great way to understand, because I know I know of people in this situation that they posed as patriots. They were released within 24 hours and then they just said, oh, I was just released and I don't know why. No, I know exactly why, because they're they're infiltrators. So I love that you guys did this and were smart enough to understand how their mindset works because they would not have been afraid. And that's something to pick up on. They would have showed. I love this. This is great. Yeah, there was a there was another thing which we which we very well knew. When when you you walk down the road and suddenly a number of people would start a brawl right in in public they would you know they would they would, they would have beer bottles in hand and they would they would yell at each other and then they would start to brawl you stood away as far as you could because right. that was one of the tricks the Stasi used to lure yours. I mean, they had your eyes on you, right? They knew you were not one of them. So they had their eyes on you. They monitored you. If you got close enough to that group, which were creating some uproar or some stir up, right? If you were close enough, they would catch the whole group, including you. And they would sentence you for, for creating public uproar two or three years to jail. And all the other did, people, which, which were January 6th is a perfect example of this, right? Exactly. That's why, I, that's why I brought that up. It's the perfect example. You get, you, you get initiated to do something which is obviously not uh, furthering your agenda. You do something, right. and mostly in, a, in an emotional situation, right? People get emotional and, yeah, that's all right. We have a right to do this. There is nothing wrong with, all right, it's all correct. But these people are just waiting for it. And, you know, the rope is already produced. Right. That, is, makes sense. that is what we always have to think about. So using these small groups to organize a network country na nationwide is the first step. It takes time. And as I said, I never harvested the... Uh, the results of that, because in 1985, I was able to leave East Germany on a legal basis, but at least the groups were already starting to connect uh, throughout the cities. There were, I think it, when I left in 85, there were probably 4,000 small groups existing, and that is just an estimation because we had no real numbers. You couldn't write a letter to somebody, let's say, in, in Berlin and say, hey, guy, what is our group doing? Can we meet somewhere? So you couldn't do that. That letter would be open and read by people who had no business to do that, and you would be you would be uh, screwed, right? So, and so and the same was with the phone system. The phone system was probably on the stand of nineteen, I don't know, thirty three or so, or thirty four. Um, so you couldn't use that either. And it was, I mean, I had reports on my phone uh, was uh, monitored for, I think, four weeks or so during um, surveillance uh, action they did. 
it's all in the book. Uh, as I said, I can't I can't explain everything here. And, so, uh, do we have to like let's say uh, pigeons? I mean, I'm not quite sure with with the surveillance going on, all the cameras, all the surveillance systems. When I was uh, driving home from Las Vegas, I noticed they installed all those new light fixtures with all the five LED lights that come down and and surveillance cameras. So with this kind of system, I mean, first of all, you say leave your cell phones at home so no, no, nobody can be tracked where you go to meet um, and you can't bring it with you. Just turn it off. That's not possible because it still tracks. We all know this. And so there's we're going to have to be very, very creative in um, in furthering this under. I know there's an underground, but furthering this underground to get the population and the masses um, to be able to connect with each other, because how would you do it? I mean, it's so difficult. You've got about 30 seconds before we go to break, but how would you do it right now? You have to avoid the modern um, systems of communication completely. Even your car is tracked, right? Uh, if you right. have a modern car, it's tracked. The computer is constantly sending signals to the manufacturer servers where it is and, and how the condition is. So small groups mean you, 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 you meet in small groups in your small area. Right. Well, you, uh, use a bicycle. Okay. Stop using so your car. Use a bicycle. Harold, wait right there. We're going to we have to come back because now we have to find out how they ended East Germany. And this is a story you must hear. The power of the people, the power of the people. Welcome back. Final segment with Harold Zeger. He is the author of Freedom's Nightmare. He experienced this story. He was a full fledged communist. His mother was he found out later was a spy. Uh, for East Germany and uh, reporting on, you know, uh, people and things going on. And he tells this story and there's so many more details in the book. And so if you're wondering why we're kind of outing some of the ways in which the people um, expose the infiltrators, there's so many more things inside this book that you need to see because this is truly, you know, they, they have well-laid plans. If we haven't figured that out by now, you should. Um, so the well-laid plans have been um, have been well-laid for you know, 150 years. And now it's it, it's up to us to fight this. It's up to the people to get involved, to do what they need to do. Right now, we're told a lot of narratives. No, it is not a China virus, a sniffle. No, it's here. We were in charge of that. No, Ukraine is not at, I don't think they're actually at war. I actually think it's a money laundering operation. We need to be able to think before it's illegal. We need to be able to say, just like Harold did, now wait a second here, I'm thinking, I'm using my brain. We have a God-given brain and we have those God-given spiritual gifts to identify what is truth and what is not, and we need to use them. Harold Zeger's book, Freedom's Nightmare, there's so much packed in this book about how they obtained information from people, how they did this under tyrannical rule. You have to realize they were under more tyrannical rule than we are right now. And they were able to free themselves of that stranglehold in East Germany. Harold, how did they do it? They formed these small groups. They would have a spokesman from the group go and meet with another group, but not everybody in the group knew who the other group was because they wanted to keep that compartmentalized, which was very, very smart. They set up fake events to expose the infiltrators within the group because we know how many of them are. They're un-American, the FBI and the CIA, very, very un-American and will act against their own citizenry. So you have to expose them and they're total nimrods anyway. I don't think that's gonna be that hard to do. And then what did these small groups then do to create the situation that they never talk about in ending East Germany because it was the power of the people? Yeah, they, they don't want 
people to know that they have power, right? So what, what started was when the groups, and, and again, I have to say, I wasn't there when that really went off. I was already out of the country, but I still had connections and, and uh, we, we watched what was going on. Um, so what, what started was that they, uh, when, when they had enough groups in the city, they would just come together Monday evening, would light a candle and would march around the church. Uh, in some cities, you had several churches, they would just march around every church. You would have uh, three or four or five of these uh, marching around the church and scandalizing the slogan, we are the people. We are the people. We are the people. Over and over and over again, for sometimes for two hours. Um, and when the first of those events happened in several cities at the same time, this German Stasi was completely shocked. They had no idea that that was growing and that it suddenly, uh, like an explosion came up. Uh, then they tried to infiltrate again using the youth pastors, which were especially, many of the youth pastors were actually coming out of the uh, government-controlled universities were actually heavily um, in favor of communism. I, I don't know how you can do that, com combining the Bible with communism, but they were. And they always said, we have to be in agreement with the socialistic agenda here because uh, it is the right way for the people to do and things like that. So they tried to stop that, these, these kind of events, but that was too late. At this time, it was too late. If you have already, let's say, in a, in a 50,000 people city, uh, 1,200 people who would go to an event like this, uh, within weeks of, of these events, five, six, seven thousand 7,000 people would march around the church. And at the end, when that all imploded, uh, so in, in, in late summer, early fall of 1989, there were 4,000 towns or states, towns or cities, whatever you, the, the best name would be for, uh, in, in all over East Germany. So when you say 4,000 towns, this is probably even a, a, a small village with 500 people, where people would walk around the church and would, would have the light and say, we are the people. And in, um, in late summer, early fall 1989, that turned into a different slogan. We are one people. And that was actually the beginning of the end because that was the demand for unification of Germany. And the Communist Party had no tool to stop that other than a military event. And they actually ordered, there was books out there, you can, you can buy them, unfortunately only in German, but you can get them if you, if you are able to read or if you want to use a translator to, to translate this. Uh, two paramilitary, uh, two parachute battalions were ordered to Leipzig, which was the center of the protests with the largest demonstrations around two churches, about 25,000 people every night would march around the churches there. And um, they were sent over there and it was planned to shoot down the protesters and disperse them. They had the order to do that from the uh, political leadership. 
and the commander of the parachuter troops declined to execute that command and sent his troops home. And that was the end. So there is a ton of power in the masses if they do it right. And you cannot, I, I always wonder about people who are sitting in, in you know, pre presenting a video on Facebook, presenting their rifle and said, yeah, they should come, they should come, I will show them. Yeah, they will come for your single guy anytime. But consider that you have, let's say, what well, we had 80 million voters for, for President Trump last election, which was faked. Roughly, right. right? So right. let's say half, half of them are not able to do anything for you know, health reasons. Uh, they just right. can't. We still have 40 million, right? Now, out of yep. these 40 million, whatever, half of them can't do anything, but they may be able to support a, uh, a uh, movement, right? So the right. other 20 million can be, they can go out, they can camp in front of a capital with 25, 30,000 people surrounding and, and the here, capital of, of Columbus. Right. And here's the thing. If you had 10 people marching around the churches, right, wouldn't you be then wanting to go be part of that? I mean, look what just happened with the, with the, um, with that, with the, what happened in Kentucky with the youth, you would want to be part of that. That's very exciting to be part of it. And here's the deal. When we went to the Capitol, they used our anger as a nation, the majority of us against us. You guys were going to the churches and this was not something where they could use, use the anger against you because you were just literally walking around the church. The people were walking around the churches saying, we are the people. There's nothing angry about, they can't use it to their advantage. Right. Right. And, and, and I think if you if you go ahead and let's say you have you have 20,000 people who can camp out around the Capitol, just just don't go there on Sunday or Saturday. They don't care about what you do on a Saturday or Sunday. Make it for right. them impossible right. to go further on with their agenda. And that means they cannot work. They cannot do what they want to do. And the other 20 million people can support those who can do that. Right. That should work, Correct. but we have to get them together. We have to throw away all these conceptions we have. Oh, yeah, this guy is, a, I don't know, is a Lutheran, and this guy is a Catholic, and this guy is that. No, I can't do with them. Or, oh, he, he wants to have flat tax. No, I can work with these guys. No, and this guy don't want this. And throw that away. There is one single goal, for my opinion, one single goal in the United States Patriots should have, and that is get the United States on the basis of the Constitution again. Throw out yes. the banksters, get rid of the Federal Reserve, get rid of the IRS. Uh, if you throw out the banksters, this country will survive. But if you don't, you won't. And, and we have to that, stop Right. We've got to stop looking for a leader to do it, to guide us. There's no leader you, in the small groups. They didn't have a leader. They just had the will to do it. We only have a couple of seconds left. Harold uh, Zeger, the book is Freedom's Nightmare. You can get it on Amazon bookstores like Barnes and Noble, or you can email him and get a signed copy. What's the email address real fast? H-Zeger, Z-I-E-G-E-R, at protonmail.com. 
You got to get this book. I'm not joking. This is an important book because there's so many details that can help us as a populace right now gain the will and strength to, to go on a quest for our own liberty, which is what we need to do. I'm Kate Daly, your guest host for Alex Jones. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been an important hour. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, InfoWars has proven itself the last 28 years to be over the globalist target and having the biggest effect out there against those tyrants. And we fund our operation with viewers and listeners' support while selling you great products at the same time. So I want to thank all the viewers and listeners who have supported us over the years by spreading the word, praying for the broadcast, and buying product. But I really want to encourage those of you that have been on the fence and have never actually gone to InfoWarsStore.com to go there and get the great books and films and supplements and survival gear that's there that won't just empower you and enrich your life, but again, will keep this broadcast transmitting. So whether it's Real Red Pill Plus or our super high quality CBD oil or the 50% off or a great physio magnesium product or whether it's down and out, our great sleep bay that's back in stock, it's all there. Our turmeric, 95% humanoid, strongest out there, turmeric 95. It's all available at InfoWarsStore.com and it keeps us on the air. So make the decision to enrich your life and keep us on air, InfoWarsStore.com. I do want to ask you to go to InfoWarsStore.com. As you know, we have led the way in the charge against the New World Order and their biotechnocratic enslavement that they're bringing about the whole planet. We have redefined the discussion when you go to somewhere like TPUSA now, they talk about defeating the New World Order and the globalists and the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. That's the discussion on the conservative side of things, especially the younger side. That's because of InfoWars, and that's because of you going to InfoWarsStore.com. And we make it easy for you to do because we give you fantastic products such as the prebiotic fiber. It's our most advanced formula yet. 40% off organic acacia fiber, organic flaxseed, organic blueberry fruit fiber, organic cranberry fruit fiber. I mean, this is getting all of the good stuff in one delicious powder that you can add to uh, water or your smoothie and get all the fiber you need. It's InfoWars prebiotic fiber on sale right now at InfoWarsStore.com. I don't know, guys. Do you think the beard is intimidating? Do you think it's too much? Yeah, I mean, it looks pretty good, but I don't know, it's just a beard. Just not that intimidating, dude. Hmm. Just a beard, huh? What about... I gotta go to the bathroom. Dude, that's intimidating, man. That's freaking awesome. You're on a five. Get your hair and beard formula at InfoWarsStore.com. Sexy. And intimidating. <laughs>